Blog Talk Radio. Hello, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with the West Foundation Sports Talk Show. Today is November 17th, 2020. It is the founding day of the greatest fraternity ever formed, Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Happy Founders Day to all the brothers out there. We have a, another great lineup today. And uh, But first and foremost, let's just talk a little bit about the West Foundation and who we are. Again, the West Foundation was started about four years ago, and our main purpose is to help kids to understand that they can be successful without being professional athletes. Now, again, the key is we want the kids to chase their dreams because I believe if they chase their dreams, they will develop some work ethic that's going to be able to carry over to whenever their sport is over. But the thing that I know that one day their sport is going to end, and what we want to do is give these kids a vision of success so that when they do finish whatever their sport is, that they can find that success and they can be successful. And, you know, one of the things, our big event is we have a free football and cheerleading camp in the summertime, and we're expanding to different sports. Uh, but another big thing we do is we do some life skills. Um, we talk about social media. We One of the big ones that, I, that I've just constantly want to harp on is financial literacy, because I don't care where you are, whether you get an opportunity to play for 10 years in a league or you play for one or you don't get to the league. Financial literacy is so important. We talk about mental wellness. So we're going to do things just to help the overall uh, young person as they start to embark on life, and we want to give them some skills to help them be successful. Now, I always like starting off the thought of the day. And the thought of the day for the is quote that I got of uh, the laws of growth. There's nothing creates a great between successful and unsuccessful choices we make. The process is just didn't happen. Is regardless of a good thing or a not so good thing, it was one decision or one action that got you to that point. It was hundreds of little decisions that led you to that point. It may have been your decision to get that extra rep, which led you to being just a little bit stronger which led you to be just a little bit faster, and that led you to being able to jump up and catch that Hail Mary pass with three defenders on you, just like Andre Hopkins did that win uh, on Sunday. So just wasn't that play, but it was the little things that he did before. Sometimes you know you do something, you know that you do those things. But that moment was, was definitely accentuate itself at the appropriate time. Now, I never say never. Rarely big play or big motion or on a negative side, a loss of a job or didn't get that promotion that you wanted come to one decision or one action. It might be an action that pushed you over the top or, again, on a negative side that pushed you over the edge, but that action was related to a decision or choices you made weeks or even months ago. The thing to keep in mind is that every decision we make 
matters. Every time we corner, it matters. Every time you do an extra rep, it matters. Every time you do an extra set, it matters. Positively or negatively, it will have an effect on a future decision or action. Lots of times, it happens like this. I know I should do this or I shouldn't do this, but nobody's going to know. And you get away with it. Then the next time, you get a little bolder and you do something a little worse and you get away with it again. And then it grows and grows until all of a sudden, you don't get away with it and the consequences have to be paid. And the same thing for the overnight success. I promise you, it didn't just happen overnight. It was decisions that was made and work that was done behind the scenes that when the opportunity presented itself, that person got the opportunity to shine, and all of a sudden, everybody said that they were overnight success. But again, it didn't happen overnight. What I really want you to do is acknowledge that your decisions set your path. I know every decision isn't going to be the right one. But a wise man once told me once when I was talking to him about taking a job or not taking a job, he said, make a decision and make it work. And sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to make a decision and make it work. And we also understand that there's times that I make a decision that might not be the best decision, but then my next decision will help either level that off or, or make that decision better, make that decision worse. So it's not just one decision. Again, it's the little things, the little decisions that we make, the little things that we do behind the scenes that are definitely going to affect what happens in the future. Now, here's the thing we all got to make sure we do. We got to decide wisely and acknowledge that every little thing that we do can pay off handsomely or you will pay for them down the road. So, yes, it just didn't happen. And I'm going to leave you with this quote by Gary Blair. Every choice carries a consequence. For better or worse, each choice is the unavoidable consequence of its predecessor. There are no exceptions. If you can accept that a bad choice carries the seed of its own punishment, why not accept the fact that a good choice yields desirable fruit? Something for you to think on and just grow on. Because, again, it's just not going to happen. There's a lot of the little things that have to be done. Uh, and a lot of times it's behind the scenes and whether it's good or bad. But tonight, I actually have two co-hosts. Um, I have uh, a young man that I had an opportunity to meet uh, at a running back forum. JJ? Yo, uh, that's how you're going. Good, doing good, 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 man. Happy hey, and I then I also have uh, a young man that I've known all his life. My brother, not just my fraternity brother, but my blood brother, Anthony Sands. Anthony, how's everything going? Well, all is well, man. How you doing? Hello, out doing there. well, man. Doing well. Yes, sir. Now, JJ. Um, yeah. Before we we start start talking about some of the things that's going on, um, tell us a little bit what's happening. You up in South South Dakota State? Tell us a little bit what you all yep. are doing up there as far as fall ball. It's not spring ball, but fall ball and the spring season, if you are going to have one. Yeah, so uh, currently uh, we're in the 12-hour room. You know, we just finished up spring ball in the fall where we got all 15 practices in. And, uh, you know, our homecoming day was actually our spring game. So they, we tried to make it 
um, game-like as possible for the fans that mm-hmm. did come back and for the family that came in town. Uh, but now we just transitioning back to the 12-hour rule to where we'll just practice the Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, a lot of individual, about 40 minutes of individual. Then we got about 20 minutes of uh, O&D at 25% walk-through pace. Um, you know, we, we, we still gearing towards the spring season, which I was mm-hmm. supposed to kick off February the 20th against Southern Illinois. Um, you know, we just – we just hoping and we praying. You know, I, I think I think the players are getting to the point to where they are zoomed out, they are practice out, uh, they they ready to hit somebody else and uh, and perform. I, I think it, it's frustrating every Saturday when we turn the TV on, you see everybody across the country is playing, uh, but we haven't, right. we, we wasn't given that opportunity. So we just trying to keep our head high, trying to see it through, and uh, trying to persevere through these times, and um, hopefully that we get that that glory uh, come this spring. Right, right. Now, one, do you think the part of the decision for you all not playing, and I'm saying you all is in um, FCS, um, mm-hmm. Division Two, not playing, had some financial uh, things in there, such as, you know, COVID tests every week, two or three times yeah. a week, gets yeah. really, really expensive, right? Well, I, I think and, 100%. Um, you know, I, I don't really know how much a COVID test costs, but I heard any, anywhere from 75 to $125. You know, we mm-hmm. don't have that type of budget. Um, right. We don't have that type of budget at the FCS level. And uh, we we supposed to play Nebraska for our money game. And uh, us not playing Nebraska was 66% of our uh, uh, yearly budget, you know, our operation yeah. budget. So without that, and to try to even play uh, without that expense, man, was, was it's a big cutoff for us. So mm-hmm. we couldn't afford it. You know, just speaking about South Dakota State, we could not afford testing everyone, staff, coaches, support staff, uh, trying to go through a season just only conference games. We couldn't afford it. So right. I think I think finances had a huge huge piece in it. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing, um, Anthony actually works in a hospital, so. Uh, he sees the, the COVID stuff a little bit more closely than we do. Now, mm-hmm. now Anthony, you're speaking of COVID. Is from from your perspective, is it? They're saying that it's starting to rise again. Do you see that happening? Excuse me. Well, we haven't seen. Um, and, and I guess a little background from where I am as well. Uh, I work in uh, South Carolina in the uh, Lancaster and Chester County area, um, and what we've seen is we've just seen a um, uh, it, that the COVID rate is actually above uh, the 10% area, so that does mm-hmm. put us in a a, a red uh, red zone from that standpoint. Um, right. So we're we're seeing people we're seeing more and more uh, cases come in, um, and of course we're trying to take care of them as, as, uh, to the best of our ability. Right. Now I, I heard something as I was watching one of the games weekend that over 30% of all collegiate games were postponed or canceled last week. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, it seems like the numbers are on the rise, but I think a mm-hmm. lot of it is not necessarily from positive cases, but from contract contact tracing, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's why some people can get back so quick. They had a lot of cases, but there was contact tracing. And I'm just curious to see, you know, I, I know the vaccine is coming. 
Um, so I wonder, is it going to affect you all as you start your spring schedule? I, now, you know, first, when do y'all come back? When do y'all come back from uh, Christmas vacation? So our players is going to report January the fourth. Um, actually, okay. school will be shut down November thirtieth, and once the kids go home for Thanksgiving, they're not coming back till January eleventh. But we are trying okay. to get our kids to come back three weeks in December to, to 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 lift and run, saying, "Hey, this is your summer to try to get as much conditioning as you can before the before the season starts." And uh, we're going to try to have our most our players back January fourth. Try to try to kick off training camp uh, right. then. Uh, for the season, but you know, to to your point too, you know, I know they say the vaccine coming, but just in South Dakota alone, you you, you read the reports the last few days, man. They say in South Dakota, North Dakota has been a hot spot. Um, mm. You know, we had thirty, we had thirty active cases in the Brookings County. That's why I'm at Brookings, South Dakota. Thirty cases oh. in August. And they cancel the season, but now we got 550, and they say wow. we're going to have a season. So wow. I'm a little, you know, I'm a little confused on all that type stuff. And I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out how how we're going to have a season with 550 active cases, and we couldn't have a season yeah. with 30 active cases yeah. in August. You know, true. Yep. And with yep. the numbers yep. rising, now nah, I, mm-hmm. I, I, that's that's why they just paid me to coach the running backs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I I wonder, and there was a thought earlier that when the sun came out, so when the summer time came, that things would decline. Now, I know when the sun came out, everybody just sort of went out and the numbers started to rise. But now that it's starting to get cool again, is that Mm -hmm. having an effect on the virus? I know we don't Uh, know, but it's just just something to ponder. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I think down here, you know, it's, it's a little bit different. Like, you know, like today it's like 20 degrees and snow is kind of melting. But like last couple of weeks, it's been 10 degrees and eight inches of snow on the ground. These people still going out and about. It ain't stopping these people, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just another day. You know, they're not shut down hey. stores, schools, or nothing in South Dakota. Hey. So the bars uh, are still full and everything. Wow. Well, now, Anthony, you know I'm laughing because I don't know when the last time we've seen 10 degrees and 8 inches of snow and everybody acting like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it ever happened. <laughs> over here in South Carolina, once you get a little bit of snow, it shuts everything down. Yeah, man. It's amazing how the city come alive when we got snow on the ground. You got everybody and their mama yeah. out there with shovels and snow, snow piles and everything, getting it off the streets and the sidewalks because the day the city still must run. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, hey, with just just a, a few games, if if you were trying to follow it last week, um, where I was last year, Coastal Carolina, that game against Troy was canceled. UNC mm. Charlotte against Gardner Webb is canceled. UNC Charlotte had a lot of games canceled. North Texas mm. and UAB was canceled. Memphis and Navy was canceled. Uh, yep. Rod Tech and Rice. Rice, I think, only played one, maybe two games. Ohio State right. Maryland was canceled. Bama and LSU was canceled. Air Force and Wyoming was canceled. Utah, mm-hmm. UCLA was canceled. And Cal and Arizona State was canceled. So there was a lot of mm-hmm. games that were canceled last week. 
Um, so it's uh, but you know there was still some football to be played though. There was still some football to be played. Yeah, it was. And uh, you know, again, in matches on Wednesday night, uh, Moe's stomping yeah. grounds, Ohio U beat Akron twenty-four to ten. Kent State. I think they're trying to make a statement. They uh, beat up on Bowling Green, sixty-two to twenty-four. Yeah, um, that's crazy. So uh-huh. they, uh, they're, they're trying to make a statement up there in Kent State, and I'm sure it's trying to get colder there because that's right there near the Cleveland area. Now, mm-hmm. one that Boise State is still undefeated. Um, they beat Colorado State, fifty-two to twenty-one, and then another team up in that area. I say in that area, in the Ohio area, um, Cincinnati beat ECU 55-17 to remain undefeated as well. So mm. that is, you know, uh, just some of the games. Now, here's one that the last two weeks, you scored the last 13, 14 points of the game to find a way to win. This week, they beat Virginia Tech 25-24 and scored the last two touchdowns. So, but you was finding that, and you know what? To win a championship takes a little bit of luck. And mm-hmm. uh, to come back from down two scores two weeks in a row, that luck mm-hmm. doesn't go that way. So, we'll see what the U has um, here in store. And, and then another crazy game in the ACC, Wake Forest, you know, right then at the beginning of the second quarter, they started pouring it on. And next thing you know, they was up like 45 to, to uh, 24. And oh, wow. And then North Carolina came back with 35 unanswered points from the about the six-minute mark in the third quarter to the uh, late in the fourth. 35 unanswered points. And then Wake scored one late, but they in a losing effort to, to North Carolina, 59 and 53. Wow. Um, now I've been I've been a part of that game a game like that before. Now JJ, have you ever been part of a game where you were just down and all of a sudden you just the ball started rolling your way? You know that's funny. I I, I have. You know I played at Oklahoma State and we played Texas Tech back in two thousand and I want to say six. And uh, every year that game was a shootout, and uh, we had a similar situation to where we came back and. I think the final score was like 59, 52 or something like that. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I did, I, I didn't catch none of that Wake game, but I did see the score, man. You know, even though Wake Forest lost, but it seemed like they kind of, they're trying to come alive over the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Yep. They, so I don't, coach I don't even know who their head coach is. Really. Um, and, you know, his name just – I can see his face. Because uh, one of my old head coaches is there as a receiver coach, um, but but they really? do a great job over there at Wake Forest. Yeah, they do a good job over there. And uh, obviously, Matt got it going too at North Carolina. Yep. Now, hey, now that really the good coaches have, too. Yeah, the quarterback they have last year, his numbers were better than uh, than than Tyler Lawrence's were. So, and he was a freshman last year. So uh, they got some tools mm. over there to work with at North Carolina. They do. That's interesting. They do. Yep. So, and then uh, Louisville, and you know, what just to see is what was Notre Dame going to do after beating Clemson last week? Because you know, Ooh. after a big game like that, you could have a letdown. 
But uh, yeah. but they came out and they soundly beat uh, Boston College forty-five to thirty-one. Um, and then North Carolina State, North Carolina State, excuse me, beat Florida State thirty-eight to uh, twenty-two. Now yeah. a, another another back and forth game uh, was well actually not really back and forth. It was Texas Tech and Baylor, and uh, Texas Tech ended up kicking the game winning field goal with two seconds left on the clock, so they won twenty-four to twenty-three. And then one shocker to me, uh, because SMU has been playing really, really well. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, Tulsa, Tulsa got SMU 28-24 this past weekend. Yeah. Did you have the chance to check that out? I was surprised out? about that one. I was yeah. surprised. I, I didn't watch the whole game, but I, I was at Tulsa 2014, man. Um, okay. And I don't know. I know some of that staff. I don't know all those guys, but. You know, I, I think the last two years watching those guys, man, they, they've been playing pretty tough. They always come down mm-hmm. to some close games, and, right. and uh, you know, they haven't found a way to win. But it seems like this year they have been pulling out those close games that they were losing yep. last year. Exactly. Uh, and that makes you know, so and it do. And it, it do, man. I think Phil Montgomery do a really good job with those guys over there. Uh, you know, he got a lot of energy, uh, and, mm-hmm. they, and they really – they putting up points, you know. They scoring. I just right, can, you right. know, they got enough defensive guys over there that can stop some of those SMU type offenses. And hey, they pulled it off, so they should get those guys some momentum going forward. Right, and that's that's the key, man. You find a way to win a couple of close games, and I, and I, I say a couple of close games. If you win one and then go back and lose the next one, you sort of lose that momentum. Um, yeah. But if you win a couple of them. Now all of a sudden that confidence comes on your side, and now you start to expect to win those close games. And when you no expect question. to win those close games, you find a way to do it. And uh, you know, I had a I had a friend of mine that that after he made this statement, I was like, I'm not talking to you about college football anymore. He said <laughs> momentum has no place in college at, or in athletics. He said momentum is not real. I'm like, dude, what do you mean momentum really? is not real? I mean, that right there is a lot of times the difference. And, of course, yeah. momentum swings sometimes. But uh, right. momentum start going against you, it's not good. If it's going your way, it could be really good. But now, momentum you know is definitely what? a big part I, I, of the game. I would say with no fans, he might have a point. But I think if you got 80000 in the crowd, you got momentum. Well, oh, man. Well, that's a, now, that's let me say this is what he said specifically. He said momentum has no place in athletics. Either you make a play or you don't. Yeah, no, nah, I disagree with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. But hey, what, what you think about Notre Dame though? You think that uh, you think they can keep going the way they're going? Well, here's here's one thing that I think is going to happen now. Notre Dame is going to play Clemson again in the ACC championship. Um, and I think that's going to be that'll be a, a good tell telltale right there. If they beat Clemson, because I would imagine Trevor Lawrence will be back by that point. Um, yep. And they'll get some of their defensive guys back because I know Clemson was down. They had some injuries and some COVID stuff. And if Notre Dame, which that win helped their confidence. Um, so again, that goes to that momentum shift that we were talking about. And if they so let go me ask out, you about. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I say so. Let, let, let me ask you about this, and, and I know a lot of big colleges do it. Mental strength training. 
Mm-hmm. We just hired a mental strength coach, and he's been working with our guys for the last month, month and a half. But he's a big Notre Dame guy. I think they mental strength training is like his mentor. And he always okay. giving us scenarios with Notre Dame. How mm-hmm. do you, and I know, you know, when you was at South Carolina, did you guys have a mental strength coach? And, and if so, how did that play a part with your guys' success and how your players performed? We did not have a mental strength coach. Um, we did have a psychiatrist on staff. And, and I think that the mental aspect of the game is very important. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I believe that because a lot of times you have to see it, visualize it before it can happen. So I, mm-hmm. I think that is a, is a big part of the game is the mental aspects of it. And, you know, one of the things last week we had a, uh, a guy on who was talking about mental, mental wellness. And I think that there is a battle a lot of times that goes on in your mind. And, I mean, from an athletic standpoint, you know, sometimes if, if I'm a running back, my thought is, give me the ball. I don't care what they got in front of me. You know, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to find a way to make this first down. And then mm-hmm. on the other side, it's, all right, hey, I had a, I got hit in the backfield last time. Um, okay, so now I got to make sure that, that I'm still playing within my scheme. But but next time he come, I can go on and visualize, okay, he go that way. I'm going to give him a little head fake and I'm going to go the other way. I mean, it's different things and scenarios that you think about that actually come reality once you get onto the field. And so I think that's so, real. So so you think that these, like Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, they, they all got mental strength training coaches. And, and so do we think that's the that's the key? That's what helping these guys get over the hump, to, to play at a big level, big-time level every single week. Well, that's hard to say. That's hard to say. Um, because one, of course, they got really good athletes, um, right? And I think they get pretty good coaching staffs. Mm-hmm. But it still comes down to players got to make plays. Yeah, I mean that's the bottom line. If I got a mental strength coach, he got a mental strength coach. Which one of us going to get to play? Mm-hmm. So make the play. A lot of times, I think we over because. Yeah. And then defending the pass. Mm-hmm. And there are times players just got to make a play. I mean, yeah. I, I keep going back to um, the Buffalo Cards game. I mean, DeAndre made a play. Yeah, he did. He got three guys around him, and he just said, "Hey, I'm gonna go up there and get this thing done." Right. So, so there's there's that aspect of it as well. And, you know, one of the things we used to have uh, on the wall when I was at the Citadel was if it's up to me, if it's to me, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. And, again, I think part of that is that mental fortitude that we're talking about. But I can't say that, you know, just having a mental coach is going to push me over the top. Because guess what? They all, if they all got mental coaches, then you still can't. Everybody What's can't the be on top. Right. You know, so it's I'm I'm interested to see though. I like the mental um the mental strength training deal. I, I think it's something to mm-hmm. really dive into. Um, but I, I I like to see how it would change our guys' mindset as we approach the season right. and play in the season. 
So exactly. it's been interesting. So, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get you back out so we can talk about that again. No, I'd love to, for sure. All right, well good. Well hey, well we are coming up on our first break. We're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back with our first guest, which is uh Rashawn Frost, who is a formerly a football coach. Then he decided to get in the FCA, and then he felt God kept calling him, and now he's a pastor. But we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly. Uh-huh. 
Hey, how you doing? This is Everett Sands of the West Foundation Sports Talk Show. It is Founders Day once again. Rashawn Frost, happy Founders Day. How's everything going? I'm good, bro. Happy Founders Day to you too and the other brothers on the on the set. Well, how's everything been going, man? I know that. Uh, well, well, first of all, before I go there, just tell us a little bit about your journey. I know you've been a football okay. coach. Okay. You trans transferred over to FCA and now doing some other things. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Okay, so I played my college ball at Auburn back in the 90s. Um, when I got done playing, uh, I was actually offered the opportunity to be a GA. Um, and so I stayed on, and, and that's where I really got the bug to coach. It was kind of funny because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I got done playing. And yeah. I was one of those guys. I was too, I was a D lineman, but I was a tweener. I was too slow to be a, an NFL DN. I was too small to be an NFL D tackle. And thank God I had good grades, you know what I mean? So um, they offered me they offered me a good uh, opportunity uh, to be a GA. It's funny because I, I, I initially didn't want to take it. Uh, my dad, who was retired on the mm-hmm. was also a, a, an Omega man. Um, I told him about the job. He said, they're going to pay for grad school. I was like, yes, sir. He said, well, uh, you better take that job before I break both of your legs. So <laughs> that's, really, that's really how I became a football coach, and I loved it. And uh, – did did the coaching carousel? Matter of fact, uh, I was up in up at Illinois State for about three years. That's my first my first coaching job after GA. And um, went to Illinois State. Was there for three years. Um, at Rhode Island, got fired at Rhode Island, um, and I ended up getting a job at Charleston Southern. That's how I ended up uh, here in the Low Country. And so I was there for four years. It was kind of funny. I thought it was going to be a stopgap job, be there one year. Well, I'm here. Third, I'm still in Charleston. Thirteen years later. And so um, that's kind of really the, the, the starting point. Uh, so I was coaching at CSU. Then I left and took a head high school job in the area. And I realized high school ball was not for me. Uh, <laughs> it just I, I realized I was a true blue college D-line coach, temperament and everything. And so uh, that didn't work out very well for me. But it was a great learning lesson, great leadership lesson for myself. And mm. then – so I, I went and took a job going on staff with FCA, and I said, I'm, I want to work with college. I want to work with football. And so there was an opportunity. Uh, they were looking for a campus director for FCA at the Citadel. And I'm like, that's yeah. it. That's what I want. And I was there for six years, and it was the best job I ever had coaching. And just nice. being around football, it was the best job I ever had. Um, just being around the kids and the coaches, loved it. But I knew that just wasn't enough. Um, and so – uh, I, I kept. I was still feeling that pull. Um, I actually started preaching when I was at CSU, and mm-hmm. when I got to, and so I was serving at a church, and then it was like, no, you need to start. Um, you need to be talk about. You need to be pastoring, and so um, I stepped away to do a church planting residency at, an, at another church, and uh, here I am planting a church in the in the Charleston area. Nice, nice. What part of Charleston? So it'd be Goose Creek. It'll be Goose Creek. Okay. So it's 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 an area where, you know, we have roots planted and, and everything else with the, between my mm-hmm. kids and commute and everything else. So it works out it works out pretty well. Right, right. Now mm-hmm. you're starting this as COVID started. So how is as COVID has affected so much, how has COVID started or affected you planting this church? Man, it affected everything. <laughs> um but what it did is it allowed me to think outside the box. So, for example, I was, I was, and I think you like like this. I was, so I was treating meetings with core team members like recruiting. 
So right. I'm getting a chance to talk to people. I'm casting vision. Um, I'm sharing what, what do we want to build, you know, just like, just like a coach on the road recruiting, building the program, everything else. And, I, you know, we have all these people here, and we're building this team, and all of a sudden everything shuts down and you can't meet with anybody in person. Um, but the good thing is you got technology. So between social right. media, Zoom, and everything else, what I, felt, what I felt called to do was create culture online. So I got a computer, I got a phone, I got a camera, I got a microphone. And I just shared and communicated vision to people. Um, I would still meet that way. We would do Bible study online. And so um, it forces you to have to be creative um, on how you want to connect with people, build people. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a social butterfly. I love being around people. Um, I love mm-hmm. the face-to-face contact with people. And so right. that, was, that was difficult. Uh, but, you know, I, what I like about planting in this time is that everybody else is trying to figure out what the new normal will be, whereas mm-hmm. what we're doing will just be normal. And right. so it, 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 it's easy to turn, uh, make adjustments on a small uh, developing organization than one that's been around for a long time. Yep. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Now, let's talk about your Tigers for a second. What, what do you think about <laughs> all of <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah, I know. I can't hear you. I don't know if you got cut out. Was that your answer? <laughs> that might have been my about... answer. <laughs> it it might have been my answer. Auburn right now. You know, it's. It, you know, I don't want to sound like that that angry alum former player guy, um, but you know, I think one of the the great coaches, and, and I heard the conversation you guys were having before I came on. The great programs, not just coaches, but the great programs, know how to not only recruit talent, but develop talent. Right. Um, and, and, and when it comes to the time to have those big games, um, you can see it. And, and mm-hmm. one of the things I think is frustrating when I watch Auburn is, is the fact that they've got talent on that field. But the, the level of development, um, that I, that that should be in some of the players in some of the players aren't there, and that's a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. And so is that on is that is that the fault of the, is that the fault of the strength and conditioning program? Is that the fault of the culture of the program, or is that the fault of the recruiting, or all the above yeah. or none of the above? You know, I think I mm-hmm. think those are some things that you have to you have to uh, think through and. My thing is, is that you got, you know, there are certain games on schedule you need to win year in and year out. Right. You got to beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. beat Bama. You got to beat LSU. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to beat them not just at home, but you got to beat them on the road. Good teams win on the road. Right. Championship teams win on the road. And I think that's what separates teams like Clemson, like Alabama, like Notre Dame, and some of these other programs right now. Um, mm-hmm. That they're winning on the road, they're and they finding they're finding ways to win on the road. Yeah, uh, and so it, it's frustrating to watch. But you know, the the, the guys there, it's like you got to have heart meds to 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 watch Auburn play. Hey, well, you know <laughs> what? Here, you, you're speaking. Of, you was talking about big games, mm-hmm. and there's one thing that uh, 
uh, Coach Selfo, who was the OC when I was at UTSA for the first couple of years I was there. He used to talk about, one, what made this a big game. Mm-hmm. In fact, one before. But the thing that he used to hit on a lot was, do you have to play harder in this game than you did in practice in the previous games? Mm. And some guys would be like, yeah. Some guys like, yeah, I got to play harder then. Well, if that's the case, you've been cheating. You've been cheating right. unless you've mm-hmm. been cheating yourself. Because mm-hmm. every time that's you step on the field, idea. you should be given everything you have. Yes. So mm-hmm. therefore, I don't have to play harder for this game. I just got to play the way I've been playing. And if everybody right, would take that attitude that I'm leaving it on the field every single time, then when mm-hmm. the big game happens, I'm just playing my game. Just right. playing the game. Right. 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 And you know the funny thing is? The funny thing is, I think the, the time I actually got a chance to see that in reality was right. at the sale, those, those the 15, 16 seasons. Mm-hmm. Those guys just did what they did. It wasn't right. nothing magical. It wasn't, they, they played hard. They let you know the training room list is going to be is going to be longer on Sundays having played them because mm-hmm. and, and, and it was just doing the the, the simple things well and and, 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 and you ain't got to put an S on your chest just yep. do the ordinary things so well that they become extraordinary I know I know it sounds exactly. cliche but we all know all man, right. that's that's what it, that's what boils it down yep and yep. and when you watch the film on Sunday. Or, or Monday, whenever you watch it, then the question is, when you look at that film, what did you do differently this week that you did the last week? And if you're doing stuff different, either you playing outside your, outside yourself or somebody got up in your head. Right. Or you're exactly. behind, are you, you know. <laughs> are, are you more, uh, you know, I'm looking at Auburn's schedule right now, um, half the Foster. Do, are, you, mm-hmm. are you frustrated with the uh, South Carolina? Talking uh, loss because they just got fired, or, or, or no, what? I honestly, I honestly <laughs> thought no, because here's here's, here's, a, here's the funny part: none of us were born last time South Carolina beat Auburn. <laughs> none, none <laughs> of us were born. So, <laughs> fact, that, I was you putting money. Your parents weren't born. My parents weren't you born when South Carolina beat Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing that frustrated me, the here's what frustrated me, and I'll tell you about this. I think the South Carolina game was the epitome of everything. You have a mm-hmm. tailback in Tate Bigby. That dude is that dude is going to be special, and he's a true freshman. You have a quarterback who who has a chance. I think I think Bo Nix is a good player, but he right. was struggling. And my thing is, if you got a running back who's eaten, protect your quarterback by feeding your running back. Mm-hmm. And I think Tate Bigby may have only gotten 16 carries the entire game, 16 or 22. I'm like, mm-hmm. if I want to do that, that kid's going to have 42 carries. And the only reason why I say that is I remember when, and that, this is a whole other conversation another time, but I was a GA for Tommy Tuberville mm-hmm. when Cadillac and Ronnie Brown were freshmen. Mm-hmm. Cadillac got the ball 42 times as a true freshman against Georgia. Wow. And guess what? We won that game. Yeah. yeah. And, we were struggling, and, and, and we were struggling in that game with our quarterbacks. We actually had a two-quarterback system. We didn't have a guy who we could say, this is the bell cow. Now, one of them became the bell cow later on in the career. It was a first-round draft pick, Jason Campbell. But, mm-hmm. but he was a young guy, too. 
And so, and this is a, you know, and so he's still trying to find his way in the system. But you got a running back right now to hand the ball. I'm like, why not give him the ball and help him out? You know, you know what I'm so saying? They, they, they recruiting, like you said, I, I think they have really good players. I don't watch Auburn like you guys do, but, I, I mean, they have good players. They look the part on the field. So, they're like they got a really good strength program. But, like you say, the development – of the of the uh, of the players is key, you know what mm-hmm. what big time quarterback have came out of Auburn since Cam Newton? I don't know. I'm, I'm really ignorant. Well, that's a great question. That's a great question. Matter of fact, I would I would I would pose a question like this: What was Jason Campbell would pro- well? Jason Campbell would probably be the last one you would consider. Mm-hmm. But here's the question that I would ask: um, Name a quarterback that Gus Malzahn developed from freshman year to senior year that was not a transfer. <laughs> yeah. hey, you're right. you can't name one. You're you can't right. name one. Cam Newton, you know, transfer. Nick yeah. Marshall, transfer. Jared Stedham, transfer. But the other guys, no, they all they all take. Mm. Like, 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 what's the, what's the big Johnson kid that came out of Alabama? Uh, he was a big-time yeah, quarterback. Yeah, Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy mm-hmm. Johnson, where, where, where he mm-hmm. at? Where he been? Man, he's coaching the, the next Cam Newton, right? Right. I think part of the deal with him, I think the kid had ability. I mm-hmm. think he could have been a really good quarterback. I think the problem is, is that they put too much hype on unproven work. So, in other words, when he got the keys to the city, they were already talking Heisman hype. And I'm mm. like, come on, man. This dude ain't, this dude, this dude hasn't done anything yet. And once again, right. you had running backs around him. Feed the ball to them guys. Feed the ball. This is true. That, and, so, and so the thing is, when you look at, like, Malzahn's offense, and you look at, you look at um, Clemson's offense, and you look at Bama, for sure, is a great example. Bama just reload quarterbacks. Why? The offense isn't centered around the quarterback. The quarterback mm-hmm. is the game manager. So if you knock one quarterback out, another one takes his place, and they still hum it. Yeah. But but with Auburn, and you even see that a little bit with Clemson even. You know, when, when Lawrence went down, the dude that came in behind him, that dude's a stud too, but mm-hmm. it sure helps to give the ball, to, to center the ball around Travis Etienne and give yep. him touches. Yeah. Give yep. him touches. It, 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 and so it, He's going to eat. And so the, the part that I see is if your quarterback is – I think I think one of the fatal flaws of Auburn's offense is, is that if if the quarterback is cold, the offense is cold. Yeah. And there's no way to revive it. And I think that I think programs have seen that. And, pro, and defenses and coordinators are eating it up. Right. Well, now let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Okay. Um, the SEC is playing an all-SEC schedule. Mm-hmm. How does that affect the teams in the SEC? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I would think. I would think that it, and I hate to use this word like this, but I think it, it creates a sense of urgency that every mm-hmm. win is a must-win. Right. Like every right. game is a must win. Um, and so you can't pad your schedule. I think initially before COVID, Auburn was supposed to play uh, Alcorn State, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember who else. I want to say it was like Kent State or somebody else, but it was. Um, but you have some games that you can get young guys reps, and it feels uh, you have some security there that hey, if those kids mess up in those games, you'll be okay. Um, mm-hmm. But but those young guys, go ahead and mess up against Georgia. Go ahead and mess up against Kentucky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, 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 they'll make you pay for it. Right. So, and so I think that's what makes it different. Honestly, though, I think I also kind of like it because it goes back to the idea of grown man football. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, you just bang it. And, yep. and I think that's that's a good part about it. At the same time, um, you know, if, if, if you're talking about playoffs and everything else, every game's a must win. You can't. Yep. You can't, yep. you can't. You have very small margin for error. Very small. Very small. Very small. Mm-hmm. Now speaking of small margins, and being that we okay. sort of kicked this off because of, uh, you know, the first time the USC beat Auburn in was that ninety close to ninety years. It was a long time. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, the worst part of our profession is when head coaches get fired. Right. Um, and unfortunately, Coach Muschamp got let go earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And really, I didn't think they were going to do that during the pandemic, but they did. Right. So what do you, what do you think of that? You, do you think that, that sort of opening the gates and some other things are going to happen? Or, or do you, I mean, it's, you know, one of the things that Coach Tanner said in the interview is that they did it because of the, they did it now because of the early signing date in December. So are other that's people that have that Yeah, that's I, interesting. I, you know, I, I would, I would think, it, you know, it is, it is the nature of the beast. And, and we all know that in, in coaches, mm-hmm. the nature of the beast. I've, I've, I've been on that ax too. Um, You know, we're, we're saying that this season is such an anomaly that um, this season is such an anomaly that you're giving kids extra year of eligibility. You're doing all this kind of stuff here to say you're basically saying this is a this is a dry run of a season, even though no one sees right. it as such. And the reality is, wins are still wins and losses are still losses. Mm-hmm. Um, the the circumstances in which they happen, I think, is what makes it so rough. Because it's in the middle of a pandemic, uh, because, you know, you, you got kids that are shook. I mean, I don't even know how many of these teams even got a chance to do spring ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not a lot of Not many. Not many. Yeah. Not many. You know. Um, and then you think about, yeah, and then you think about, you think about how many teams had a chance to actually have a legitimate fall camp mm-hmm. um, that didn't have to stop because of COVID protocols and right. contact tracing right. and stuff like that. You know, the, the, and, and to be honest with you, the quality of football across the board has just been down because of all yeah. this stuff. I think we, I think we, I think we really underestimate the value of of a good uh, spring ball, of, of good summer conditioning. Um, yeah. and, and 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 so, with all that being said, I personally, you know, and I understand it's a business. I, I get it, but I, you know, I, I think he. He probably should have gotten some grace. This is the past week. I think he probably should have gotten some grace. The circumstances were just so extenuating um, that you really can't do nothing. But next season, go ahead and mess up one time. You know what I mean? Um, 
It's like you already got your grades, and how you gonna get that theory, you know? But exactly. Um, but but I do I do understand that. I think that the reason why they did it now, I think it's not so much about the early signing period as much as yeah. getting the best guy for that job, you know, um, that can that can create some momentum. So if you're going to get going get, going for a guy who is winning during COVID and is motive and is doing all this great stuff. Then mm-hmm. you can throw the you can throw that the 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 Brinks truck to those guys because right. they found something uh, somewhere. Now here, here's, so a, they, here's another part yeah. of that too. Here's another part of that. They just passed the rule where you get one free transfer. Right. Mm, right. Which goes in effect in I guess I'm not sure if it's I guess January. January, I think. Yeah, mm. I think it's January. So. How many guys are not going to be happy with where they are, or and just say, "Hey, I'm gone," and they can go somewhere right. and not lose a year of eligibility? I think that's going to change college football. Oh yeah, oh that's oh, a game no, no changer. Absolutely, that's a game changer. And think about this: if you're if if you're coming from a school like whoever the new head coach is or wherever, and mm-hmm. he wants some of his kids to come with him. Yep. Because you know that winter condition is going to be brutal. It's going to be like, hey, you might as well find another place to play because you'll never play here. <laughs> you'll, exactly. you know, I mean, it'll, it, it'll, it'll, create, it'll create the floodgates of, okay, you're going, you're, you're going to have to spend a lot of time as a coach with your kids in the offseason. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Now, it's, you know what it's going to be like? Everybody's going to be like that at the Citadel. And you've got to continue mm-hmm. to recruit your guys even though they're on campus. Right. So, and, and and it's and it's it's just it's hard, man. You know, you think about how hard it is to get, you got to recruit these kids, and then you got to yeah. work even harder to keep them there. You know, and the place like the Seals right. is a, is a totally different beast. Right. Yep. Yep. But that's what you got to do. You got to continue to recruit them. So, right. Absolutely. Mm. All right. Now, as as our time is starting to come to a close, um, I know you've. Uh, Let's just get to the kids a little bit. You've coached at the high school level. You coached at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. You played at a high uh, collegiate level. What advice would you give kids as they pursue their dream of being not just a college football player but a professional football player? Well, I think one, um, and I know it sounds cliche, but you got to take care of your academics uh, first and foremost. Uh, I think. I think part of that, what that does also is it, it helps make sure that you're a well-rounded person. Uh, that is, that is important. You, you, you gotta be well-rounded. But I, I stress to my kids all the time. And I got, I got two boys um, in high school, one's a junior in high school corner, wants to play college football. Um, my, my youngest son is in the eighth grade. And he's playing for the high school program on the B team. I tell my kids all the time, there's two things you can control, your attitude and your effort. Uh, if, if you've got your attitude and your effort right, the work ethic is going to be there. Because when other people are sleeping, you're working. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes the ball doesn't go your way. But your attitude and your effort says, I'm still going to play hard every snap. Uh, like you guys were talking about the mental conditioning piece. And, and I love that part. That's kind of like one of the things I'm really excited about. You know, I was telling my oldest son, because he went from wide receiver to corner. And I said, son, mm-hmm. here's the thing about being a corner. As a D-line, I can mess up, and the only people who know is my position coach, the D coordinator, and my teammates. If you mess up as a corner on that island, everybody's going to know. 
You miss that check on the open space, everybody's going to know. You get muscle, everybody's going to know. So here's the key. You got to have a short memory. Play mm-hmm. the next play. Live to play another down. So in part of that is being able to control your attitude and your effort because those are things you can control. You know, everybody isn't blessed to be 6'5", uh, 280, and run a 4'6", four, 4'7". Four, everybody can't do that. Uh, but you, you can have an attitude and effort that plays like that, and that attitude and effort will actually take you further in some instances than, than that. And I'll, I'll give a story. When I was in Charleston Southern, there was a guy by the name of Charles James. Uh, mm-hmm. The kid was a non-qualifier out of high school from Jacksonville, Florida, went to Mandarin, walked on to CSU and had to sit out that year as a non-qualifier. He got a scholarship during, the, during his first year of eligibility because of his work ethic. They're wow. like, this dude is working so hard. We put him on scholarship. First game we play Florida, we put a corner blitz, and, we, and, and he rushes in his Tebow, by the way, and he breaks down almost as if, like, oh, my gosh, it's Tim Tebow. That was the first. We're like, and, and he, he misses the opportunity. But one thing he did, he never stopped working. He never lost his edge. And then all of a sudden, he's in the NFL. Mm. And then you see in that same attitude, in that same mindset, I'm like, like, I like, I literally say this is one of those dudes that literally willed himself to the NFL because right. he was definitely not the most talented, but that dude had edge, he had attitude, he had work ethic, he put it all together. And I mean, they even did when they did the Houston Texans for real uh, uh, hard knocks, he was one of the guys they highlighted. And so mm. that's the reason why I talk about Charles so much. Of all the different guys I've seen over the years, Guys that have gone to the NFL, he stands out because of that mentality and his work ethic. He just he worked his butt off. And so I think for a lot of guys, you can control your attitude and you can control your effort. Nice. The um, One of the things that an old coach used to add on to that, because he said you control your attitude, you control your effort. And then the third thing he added was you control your knowledge. So mm, knowing yes. what to do takes no talent whatsoever. Yes. It yeah, might take some effort, but it takes no talent. And yeah, that's good. So you control that. So, but hey, man, that's we good. definitely appreciate you uh, you joining us tonight. Man, thanks for having me, man. That was this was fun. Yes, sir. And uh, good luck with everything with the church. What is your church called, anyway? So it's the Bridge Church. The Bridge so Church. We are a we are a multi ethnic, multi generational church in South Carolina. How about that? Like to do okay. things the hard way. There you go. There you go. Now you all have a website? Uh we do. It is wearethebridge.net. Uh so we just got a little basic website there. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram at Bridge Church CHS. I'll be following. Sound good, Sound good. And then I'm on Twitter and Instagram as well, Rashawn Frost. We're good. Good morning. We appreciate it, bro. We appreciate it. Again, happy Founders Day. And, you too. Happy uh, Founders Day, bro. And you all have a great night. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. I'm going to stay safe. I'm going to stay safe. I'm going to stay safe. Excuse me, Mr. Me and my wife was over. 
front of the line, yes sir. I don't think it's right if I allow you to skip me. I just wanna keep peace, get me tickets to this movie. I'm trying to be discreet, sir. It's really not deep, sir. We all gon' get a seat, sir. And we all gon' eat, sir. So please, will you calm down? Let me put your arms down. I don't wanna show down. But it's like to go down. It's a nice night, but we just can't act right. Just because I'm Christ-like. Doesn't mean I'm Christ-like. I'ma be the bigger man to let you bump me. Cause it's 80 y'all and y'all probably gon' jump me. And have me looking crazy and all in front of my company. I'm not gon' play the Chillin' is the right move Let me think I got a choice to make Go to jail, go to hell or say Say, baby, put the mace away I'ma say, say, ain't gon' start cussin' I'ma say, say, ain't gon' start cussin' I'ma stay, say, and even though I Your number four, you forgot the super size and forgot my apple pie. So, miss, if you'd be so kind, I am so depressed for time. Will you take this number four and switch it with the number nine? Go to the back of the line. Man, you got me messed up. I have an important meeting. Why you think I'm dressed up? Gator shoes and vest up. If I go back, I'll be late. Ma'am, if you could just give me a refund, that would be so great. What you got to go on break? Can I get my money first? You ain't gotta get loud and miss you ain't can I see the manager before this thing gets any worse? Well, I don't want this sandwich, yo. I don't want the money either. I just think I'll walk away. Before I stop pressing back, there's something I don't want to say. Gotta stay prayed up, cause people will test you. She's still cussing. See you later. God bless I'ma you. I'ma say, say, ain't gonna start cussing. I'ma say, say, ain't gonna start cussing. I'ma stay, say, and even though I'm hiding. Driving on 285 and somebody cut me off and flipped me the bird, uh. I'ma stay safe. When I'm playing ball and they filing dog and I hit the floor and get up and say a word, uh. I'ma stay safe. When I'm walking through the mall with my wife and somebody's still attempting to catch her eye. I'ma stay safe. When I go to the refrigerator and somebody doesn't eat my sweet potato pie. I'ma stay safe. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with West Foundation Sports Talk Show, and I have my brother Anthony Sands here with me. And uh, just got just heard from uh, Coach Parks, who's going to be joining us in a second. He's running a little bit behind, but Anthony, how's everything going, man? Everything's going great, man. Uh, just kind of 
getting myself through this uh, whole COVID thing. You know, I work in healthcare, so we've been uh, we've been here on uh, on site just uh, um, trying to take care of patients. Yep. Well, hey, hopefully um, this this vaccine is going to be here before we know it, and uh, that will allow us to get back out. Even though I know some places they never stop going out. Yeah, yeah. Some people uh, did take heed, but you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I made sure that well, not myself, but Hannah made sure that we all stayed uh, pretty close to the house. Uh, and if we weren't at home, wherever we went, we carried a hand sanitizer and a mask. So uh, she was uh, pretty much a, a stickler to that. And they. I know because I tried to come by there one time. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm sorry, man. You know, it's, it's bad when you can't let your family in the house. Like I said, she was like, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm not taking any chances right now. And, like, and, I, and I heard that came from, and I heard that came from her mama wouldn't let her in her house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we went to Conway and her mom would not. I'm surprised that we were actually allowed in the yard. <laughs> it was, uh, it was rough. Well, hey, we got we got Perry Parks that just joined us. Perry, how's everything going? Man, good, man. Sitting here doing bath time. We were in there playing too hard, man. So I had to run out and get the phone. When I heard it going off. <laughs> well, hey, well, first of all, let me be happy Founder's Day. Yeah, same to you too, dog. Same to you. I hear you. Well, happy Founder's Definitely, definitely. Same to all the cues out there. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Good, man. Good. Well, uh, I know you spent those precious, but but let's just let's get going. Eric, can you hear me? Yeah, he's he's breaking up pretty bad on that one. I'm not sure. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Perry. All right, it's clear now. I guess that's a lot clearer now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if he uh, got dropped off or not, but Hey, can you hear me now? All right, Anthony, I think we're back. Okay. Uh, well, here you go, right here. Okay. Are we on the radio or are we on hold? Yep, we live, baby. We live. Perry, are you back? Hey. Can y'all hear me, man? Yeah, we got you. I don't know what happened. Yep. Something I think something happened on my computer. Um, so my apologies on that. It's all good, man. Happy Founders Day, man. The last thing I heard yep. before we went, we went silent on. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Happy Founders yep. Day. Happy Founders Day. And where we were, without just saying, I know that you've been in Georgia and South Carolina. Tell us a little bit about your yep. background and where you've coached. 
Uh, well, you know, I started at Cedar Grove High School in DeKalb County in, uh, in Georgia uh, for the legendary Raymond Bonner, man. It was a great experience to uh, cut my teeth in coaching, and we had a lot of success. Uh, and that got me an offensive coordinator job at Pebblebrook High School in uh, Cobb County, uh, Mableton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from uh, Cobb, I uh, spent one year there, and I got my first head coaching job in uh, my hometown. Uh, I played at Sumter High School, but I got a head coaching job at Lakewood. Uh, and, and was able to turn that program around, and uh, that afforded me the opportunity I have now at Ridgeview High School here in Columbia, man, and we've uh, been able to build a pretty good program here at Ridgeview. Yep, you all are doing well. You all are doing well. Now, I know the pandemic has caused everybody to shift gears a little bit. What, is yep. it, what have you all had, had to do? I know from no spring ball, really no – or adjusted summer practices and adjusted – but tell us a little bit about how you had to adjust. Yeah, that was that was crazy for everybody, man. And, you know, still, it's just unprecedented times for, for everybody. But uh, the main thing we wanted to do is to be able to provide an experience for our seniors, man. Uh, you know, everybody has their reasons. Uh, and, and, and to be able to coach these guys and see all the effort, they, the hard work and effort they put in, uh, then come to that last year and everything to be questioned. Uh, so if there was a way the high school league was going to let us play, uh, and we make sure we can provide a safe environment. I think we owe it all to, to the seniors in every program across the state to try to try to make it happen. Now, like you said, it's been an adjustment uh, trying to get to it from the screenings, checking everybody in, taking 30, 40 minutes, uh, to not being able to lift weights and just condition. Uh, but we always told our guys, you know, we just got to make the mess, uh, best out of it and try to control what we control and control our attitude. Right, right. There you go. There you go. Now, here's one thing that – of course, as you said, is unprecedented times, and this year is different. It's just different. Yep. The recruiting standpoint. How how are your guys yeah. handling the recruiting? Yeah. So it's man. I'm telling you what what, what we're telling everybody. We have uh, we got our exit interviews uh, next week. So I meet with all of our guys that, that want to play at the next level. Scholarship, you know, no scholarship. You want to walk on. We still try to come up with a game plan, but. Uh, next week when I have those meetings, man, I'm, I'm going to try to explain to the kids how big of a log jam it is. Uh, and, you know, as a coach, you wish the NCAA would step in and put some uh, ramifications or specifications on what this free year means because a lot of the FCS schools, that's where the log jam is just taking place. Uh, the Division two schools, it's business as usual. Uh, they've already been in recruiting our guys. But uh, we have a lot of kids that can play FCS football, and there's such a log jam those coaches don't know what their numbers look like. They don't know, you know, what kids are going to come back after they play in the spring. Uh, so there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of what ifs. Um, and as, as a coach, I mean, for the guys that are sure fired FCS guys that don't have anything, you can try to send them the prep school route, you know, and hopefully right. they don't get lost in the shuffle. You can send them as JUCO as a full qualifier, meaning they can play in the fall and then leave the Christmas time. Or you can tell them, you know, to, to try to talk to some schools and see if they would be uh, interested in taking them as a true gray shirt. Uh, you know, that second semester. So um, there's a couple options that we have, but as a high school coach, you know, we want the NCAA to kind of, you know, at least give us some more guidelines. Uh, these guys, uh, you know, they, they haven't had any official visits. I mean, it's still a dead period. Right. Uh, and they proposed yep. that to go to April 15th. So uh, even a guy that gets a late scholarship offer, let's say from Gardner-Webb, they got one of my college teammates is coaching there, uh, and the kid really can't go there and experience it, how, how can you expect that kid to sign a piece of paper in February saying that's where he's going to spend the next four years of his life. So yeah, exactly. uh, it's a mess. Well, 
it's a mess. But like I told the kids, you know, just try to control what we can control, and we'll try to make mm-hmm. the best possible educated decision. The well, you have any, and I don't know how, but will any kids sign in December, or is it going to be? Uh, so if we, far we have, we have, yeah, we have maybe one kid that could sign uh, with South Carolina State in uh, December because he already knows like that's where he wants to go, and you know, pretty much if it's a done deal, you know, go ahead and sign and be done with it. Um, right. But a lot of our kids are still actively getting recruited. Uh, we didn't have in this class right here, uh, our twenty uh, twenty one class. We didn't have that, you know, just straight Division one talent like we do in our, our twenty two class, where those guys, you know, kind of know where they're trying to go. These guys are kind of, you know, still figuring it out and seeing what's happening. And like you said, those guys didn't have any spring eval period. I mean, right. you know, the, the the FCS schools couldn't even come on our campus to check those guys out. So it's it's yeah. a mess, man. But you know, you try to stay yeah. positive for the kids. Yep, because that's, I mean, I remember days. When I'm at a mid-major, and we offer a kid in the spring, early spring, and then by the time yep. spring is over, he don't want to talk to us anymore because he got everybody in the country offered. Yep, he's but, he's blown up exactly. Yeah, but nobody had that chance. Then they didn't have a chance to go to camp in the summer. Nope. So all they have is their senior field, and that's so it. that's that that is a. I think there's gonna be some kids that get overlooked. Um, oh yeah, guaranteed. I would imagine that there'll be one or two kids that just have a great senior year that all of a sudden they're going to get a, a bigger shot than they would have ordinarily. Yep. Yep. You've done it too, so you know, like those guys can't miss. So now you just got one little bit of film and a huge jump from their junior year to their senior year, right. and then you might only have with with kids coming back, you might only have, let's just say, one spot in, in every position. So mm-hmm. it's 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 a lot. It's it's it's, it's crazy. We like I said, we're calling it a log jam, and until they figure out how to clear that, you know, we just got to try to make the best decision for our kids. Right. And it seems just talking with a couple of other college coaches <clears throat> that the rule is going to be they just got a extra scholarship for those mm-hmm. seniors that want to come back. Yep. Um, yep. So it's going to come down to. Who can afford to do it? Yep. Of course, every kid is not going to want to come back, even though they got a chance to. But how many yep. kids are, are they going to say, well, we can't afford to give this kid a scholarship because we're going to go in and keep the one we got? Yep. And then, so you know, in January, if the NCAA passes that rule, if they pass that one-time transfer, I mean, it's going to yep. make it even more of a mess because you're going to have kids jumping yep. ship. Exactly. Exactly. And from what I understand, that's passed, right? Uh, I, I, It's passed. Everything except being into law that happens January, sure. so it's past okay. the first two stages um, right. with them with the oversight committee, and the last one is January where they say, "All right, this is going to happen this year." Yeah, which is crazy. I think that's going to change the whole scope of college football. Oh, I guarantee and, it's going to turn some of these FCS programs into feeder feeder programs. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Yep. Well, and, but the thing is. Really, you could go down anyway. Yep. So I think what is probably the thing that's going to happen is the group of five is probably going to get the the biggest influx. Yeah. Because you got the power yep. five, and you go, okay, I'm not playing here. Okay, well, I can go to I can go to UCF and play right now. You're right. So, and then the other thing that's going to happen 
now that they can get paid for their image, when that comes into play, now it can truly be, well, I went here, but now they're offering me this much more money over here, so I'm going to go over there. Mm-hmm. Yep. This thing get ready to be a mess, man. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be, be interesting. Yep. I mean, and you mm-hmm. know the, the, the gripe now with the group of fives, they want their own championship. Right. So right. It, I think yeah. it'll, be, it'll, it'll get interesting, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. There's, there, there'll definitely be some changes. There, there'll be some changes. We'll see exactly what they're going to be, um, but there'll be yep. some changes here in the future. Now, now speaking of the group of five, the school in my hometown, your alma mater, yep. they're having a great year. Yep. Now, have you had a chance to see them play? Uh, only on TV. You know, with uh, this COVID year and. Uh... You know, the Big Ten not playing right off the bat in the Pac-12. You know, we got a lot more airtime. And I tell you what, they they definitely capitalized on that time playing on ESPN and uh, primetime right. games. So I've watched every game that I've been able to catch on TV. Haven't seen them in person yet. Thinking about going down the app, but I'm superstitious, man. I don't want to show up and then, you know, mess around and lay an egg. So I keep watching my TV screen for right now. <laughs> uh, what do you think of them? What do you think of them when, when you, you watch them on TV? I, I, your I, I, think, I think offensively they've, they've always presented problems, even when uh, Chadwell was at Charleston Southern with, uh, with what they do. Uh, their mm-hmm. offense is just so unique. Um, but, I mean, I've, I've been very, very impressed with Coach Staggs and that defense, man. Those guys are, you know, playing inspiring football. It's almost like, you know, every game they're out there playing with a chip on their shoulder on the defensive side of the field. Uh, right. And when you're making plays on offense and you're playing with confidence, man, anything can happen. Uh, you know, I, I always look for the next game when they play Georgia Southern. Like, ah, I don't know if we'll be able to do it against Georgia Southern. They did it against Georgia Southern convincingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they handled Georgia State convincingly. And I think, you know, the last true hurdle will be this weekend versus App, man. We've never been able to beat App. You know, I, I uh, played twice against App when I was at Coastal. We lost both of those games. Once was in the national playoffs, so. Um, uh, you got a lot of coastal fans this week, man, sitting on the edge of their seat just trying to get to Saturday, man, see what's going to happen. Right, right. Well, here's one of the things that, and we sort of talked about it earlier, too, um, as we were talking about uh, some of the other games that's happening around. Last year, we lost a lot of close games. Yep. I mean, the only game that wasn't really a one-possession game was ULL. The rest of them were close games, and and we just didn't find a way to win. This year, they found a way to win those close games. And go on to put away teams that they were were better than. And, of course, success breeds success. Because as you have success, you build more confidence. And if you're confident, then you're more likely to have success. Yep. So, uh, so they're definitely in in a good place right now, and I, and I agree with you. This is the test. Um, yeah, App State has been the bell cow for a long time mm-hmm. in that conference. So to beat the bell cow, they they knocked off one in ULL. Yep. Um, but of course, App State is the bell cow. So uh, yep. everybody be watching closely, see what they do this weekend. That's true. Now, um, another thing that we sort of hit on briefly um, when we were talking with uh, Brother Foster was talking about how there's a change in 
the helm here at USC. Yeah. And yeah. one of the rumors going around is Coach Chadwell. Yeah. What do you think of that rumor? Ah, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that that I would I would play into that. Uh, you look first off at uh, USC's financial standing right now, the COVID year, uh, the huge buyout that they had to pay Coach Muschamp, and everybody's looking at that 13.2 number, and they're not thinking about you know Bobo has 1.2 on his deal for another year, uh, T. Rob has 1.2 on his deal for yeah. another year. I think the strength coach has 500,000. I think Tracy Rocker has 500,000. So already that's another three mil right there. Uh, right. Just talking about those coaches. So um, that's a lot of money. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, you know, the Carolina, the Carolina faithful talking about a big name where, where are you getting this money from? Uh, so okay. when you look at it from a realistic perspective, you know, you got to look at guys like coach Chadwell, like Billy Napier, that's not going to break the bank. You know, you mm-hmm. get a break in hiring somebody like that financially. And then also their their coaching pool, like the staff of their coaches. You know, it won't have to be an astronomical pool. Uh, right. and, and those guys will be able to coach in that salary for at least three years. So mm-hmm. I, I just don't foresee USC having the capital. You know, not saying they have the resources. I know they got a lot of wealthy donors, a lot of wealthy alumni. But resources and capital on hand are two completely different things. Uh, you know, the the – the, the resources were used to get the buyout. Now, what capital is left in the in, in the actual budget? That's what's going to determine the next next head coach. I don't think it'll determine resources because you had to have cash some of those resources out to to, to pay for that buyout. So, right. uh, if I'm looking for from an administrative standpoint, I, I like I like the the thought of bringing somebody in who's a winner, uh, mm-hmm. who's going to take pride in that job, uh, and not look at it as a stepping stone. Uh, because right. both of those guys, Chadwell and uh, Coach Napier, I mean, both of those guys, that that hire for them was probably something that neither one of them could really fathom going into this season. So mm-hmm. both of those guys are guys that you know going to come to work with a with a smile on their face and, you know, a true pride and passion in what they do. And um, it'll be interesting because, you know, both of those guys are used to taking, you know, the kids that every every Power Five really didn't want you know, right. developing them and win, winning with those guys. Yep. So, because I mean, you look, you look at guys like that, you know they can build programs. Yeah, and, and I believe that at South Carolina, developing the talent you get is huge. Um, yeah. Because you're going to be able to beat Alabama and Auburn and Florida and Tennessee sometimes, but yep. probably not most of the time. Nope. So nope. I got to take some guys that I can project are going to be a really good player, develop yeah. him into that really good player, and then let's go beat those other guys that that uh, they didn't think was good enough for you to play there. Yeah, that's that's and, a great point. You got to like say those those big games. You know, at least out of the four year cycle, you know, two out of the four years you need to be winning one of them games, like Alabama, or Florida, something mm-hmm. like that, so you get up to that level to get that conference. I swear about when yeah. you guys were there. You guys yeah. just kind of yeah. steady chipped away at it, and then you know once that confidence was there and instilled, those kids knew they could play with anybody on any given Saturday. Yep, they could, and they could. Yep. And that's you know one of the things, probably my um, proudest accolade we got when I was there is the 2013 senior class. I guess that was 2000, 2009, 2010, one of those. 
classes. We were ranked 15th um, as far as when they came out or when they signed. We had the 15th best class in the country. But as they finished their careers, they ranked them again, and we were second. Wow. So that just shows (laughs) that we did a great job of developing those kids and and putting ourselves in, in a position where we can win a lot of football games. And, and yeah. we did, and I think that's that's huge, and I think that's what you got to do at the University of South Carolina. You got to develop kids. It, it's yeah. uh, they got to get better. I mean, it's yeah. Got to find a way to get the most out of them, and if you do that, you got a chance to. Win. And I'm not saying that it hasn't yeah. been done. I, I, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, I know Coach Muschamp and those guys did a great job there of of recruiting and, and working to get those guys to be the best that they can be. But I just believe that's yeah. the that's one of the things that you got to be able to do. Yeah, it, it's it's tough, man. And you know, I, I know a lot, like just like the previous day with you, Deke, um, uh, Whammy, uh, shoot, I mean, a lot of you guys. You know, I've known, built relationships, uh, Grady, uh, and then with this staff, I know a lot of those guys, and you know, all great guys. But you know, it's it's, it's a bottom line business, and it's just it's so tough at the University of South Carolina because. You know the outside noise is is just it's it's crazy, and I know that's everywhere in college football. But I've never seen a program um, with so much you know negativity on social media, uh, and then they still want the best, man. So I, I I hate it for those guys. I mean, it's a job for somebody, but um, that program needs some type of positive you know support across the board, man, mm-hmm. to get out of this. It's this it's, it's just a, a, a I don't know like a gloomy like dungeon right now just to get out of that and you know hopefully right. they have some brighter days on the horizon. But hey, here's one thing that is true that is kind of gloomy, but was also true is they still going to show up. Those fans will still oh, show yeah, they're up. Gonna support. They're and, gonna support. And, you know, I, I never forget when I was I stopped by and. Uh, there's one coach who played at Ole Miss. He said that we played South Carolina during their Ofer stretch. And he was yeah. like, at the beginning of the game, it was so loud because it was a packed house and it was just like, it was like wild. And he said, they, they beat them pretty good. So by halftime, it had, it had uh, calmed down a little bit. But but that's that's it. They're gonna be there. Carolina fans are, are true yeah. fans, and they're gonna support their team. Um, so yeah. hopefully, they'll be able to. Uh, we can we can get some things rolling, and South Carolina will be back uh, getting ten, eleven wins again. That'll be a good thing. Yep. Okay. So good. Good All for right. the state when they're playing well. Yeah, it is. It is really good. It's really good. Um, now, as we get ready to wrap up. What kind of uh, advice would you have for our listeners, um, whether they're a young student athlete or they're a parent that have aspirations um, to play at the next level and and to find success? What advice do you have for them? Oh, well, you know, for for the student athletes, I'll attack that first. You know, uh, you control your mindset every day, man. And I was big on this from, from my father. Um, and, and I've used it everywhere I've been. You know, I went to Coastal as a walk-on just to earn a full scholarship in year two there. 
um, you know, every morning you wake up, man, you can choose to be, you know, average. You can choose to be, you know, good, or you can choose to be great. You know, God made us all average. You know, he poured the same thing into me and gave me the fresh start as he did to you. Uh, and it's all about conscious decisions, man. So as a young kid, you know, choose to do a little bit extra, man. Do a little bit of extra schoolwork. You know, get your little extra run in, a little extra workout, you know, a little extra film study, and make the conscious decision not to be average. You know, don't just settle for good. Just try to be great every single day. Uh, and if you can look at yourself right before you go to bed and say, you know, I gave it my all today and I got that 1% better, you know, it's going to put you where you want. Uh, as a parent, you know, set lofty goals for your child uh, and then hold them accountable. You know, don't just say, you know, if you do this, you know, we're going we're gonna to do this and then you don't follow through. Um, I'm all about goal setting for my kids, uh, and I think it's a good practice for the kids to see what happens, you know, when you reach a goal. It doesn't always have to be any type of extrinsic motivation. You know, it can be uh, something simple as, you know, this is what you need to do this week, and then did you make it? Did you reach that goal? Did you meet it? Did you exceed it? Um, So I I think those are two simple tasks that we can all do um, that can help. You know, as a parent, you want the best for your child or your son or daughter. Uh, and and setting goals and holding them accountable is teaching accountability and teaching them how to, you know, work for something that they want. Uh, And at the end of the day, you know, uh, if it's a scholarship, you know, if it's, you know, it could be an academic scholarship. You know, I know, you know, both of you guys have have smart children. Uh, You know, it don't have to be athletic. But if you Mm -hmm. set those small goals that are obtainable and the, the kid gets in the habit of reaching and meeting and exceeding those goals, uh, you're going to have a hard work on your hands because they understand the value of hard work and trust in the process. Hey, man, that's some great words, man. That's some great words. Hey, I appreciate you. And, uh, again, happy Founders Day. And let me know. Now, you sort of, you know, you you got away from me this, this summer. We got a rain check. We got a rain check. I know you come. We got a rain check, check. <laughs> yep. We got, we got away from this summer on, on the golf course. So we got to get out there sometime soon. <laughs> Hey, hey, let me know, man. Friday or Thursday, man. Let me know what you got Thursday. Might be able to sneak away Thursday. Well, well, this week we got, as you're speaking of your kids, I got to go pick up my son. You know, one of the things that Bandy is doing is going down to Nashville. Yep, got to go to Nashville. They're shutting down, so they got to be out of the dorms by this weekend, and they won't go back to January 21st. Wow, wow. But anytime after that, bro, we're going to make it happen. Hey. It, it sounds like a plan, man. Good talking to y'all, man. Y'all be good. Hey, man. Yes, sir. Well, hey, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a few minutes. This song is to encourage my brothers and my sisters that might be going through some things in your life. I want to let you know that Jesus said he would never leave you nor forsake you. You're not in this thing by yourself. Just keep holding on and don't give up. He'll be there for you. We've been mighty do it for a night, but here comes the joy. Let's go. Come on. Uh-huh. That's what he'll do right there.
Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with the West Foundation Sports Talk Show, and we have our next guest. We got Mr. Low Wood, who is the Vice President for XL Speed and Fitness Training. Low, how's everything going? Oh man, everything's going great. Everything's going great. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, hey, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, after I'm after the president now, I had a partner, and then he ended up retiring and uh, decided he wanted to chill. So I went ahead and kept saying, "Go, I'm after the president of Excel Speed and Fitness Training Company down here in Central Florida. Uh, We've been established since 2002. Um, We started 2000, but we kind of got established around about kept going by 2002 when it after picked up. And we just do a lot of speed and agility training for uh, all ages, all sports, girls, boys, uh, mainly youth kids from 7-year-old to 18. Uh, we also train uh, team training. We go inside of uh, high schools and uh, train the team because we do like a little Navy SEAL type training, team unity, sure. team funded, camaraderie do a little of that, and uh, we also market and help kids get a college scholarship for football, mainly, because that's what I know. And last not least, we do mentorship um, every Wednesday, and we bring in our alumni to come in and talk to the guys and speak to them, and then we join in with a youth ministry, a youth minister uh, at the church where we do all our training. And so that pretty much um, – Maybe about me, you know, sit to Florida, Florida uh, raised, and um, just uh, have that passion to help kids get to the next level. And I think it's my purpose, my destiny in life. Well, good, good. It's always when you find your purpose, that makes everything else a little bit easier. Now, um, as you said, you you were heavily immersed in the high school football in the Central Florida area. How has the season been going down there? It's not going to court, like no better than anywhere else because of the mm-hmm. fact that other situation was going on in the world right now. Right. So it's been very uh, frustrating for coaches, players, parents. Uh, so we're now just trying to take advantage of the opportunity we get at any time at any moment, and if, whether that's uh, on the field or training or or run a camp or. Anything they got something going on with football, they're trying to get some of it at any mean necessary due to the fact that you never know going to be your last game. Exactly, exactly. They, uh, now, are they having a lot of cancellations on there? Yes, yes. We just, as a matter of fact, we had a team. My son plays, my young son, he played for Edgewater High School, mm-hmm. one of the top teams down here in Florida. Yep. And they're in the, play, they're in the playoff. They're on 13 St. Cloud and then Cloud forfeited. Nothing, like, who forfeit a game, a playoff game? Who forfeit a right. playoff game? Yeah. Come on now. Anything can happen. You know, you just because they're real good and you're okay, that don't mean you forfeit because them no. kids get an opportunity to get more film. So they go to show you how mm-hmm. bad they don't know whether it was COVID-related or what, but they're counseling game left and right. I think we got – we got some team play four games all year. Some play twelve. Some play nine. Some play eight. So it all wow. depends on the situation. Who get COVID or who tests positive or not? That's what it is. Right now, are they testing all the kids, or is it more of if you're sick, then go get tested? They're testing the kid. All the Orange County, it's the different counties down here. So Summer right. County, 
it's not a test. They because mm-hmm. it's less it's less cases in Seminole County. Um, okay. Uh, Osceola County uh, less less cases, but I'm understanding about Orange County a little bit more cases. So they're actually testing the kids as they come into the, the bubble or come to practice. They are, or I mean, they, 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 when they get any temperature, they come into practice and bubble. But they do test mm-hmm. them like on a Tuesday. Uh, once a week, like that. So yes, they are tested okay. in certain counties. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's that sort of gives us a an idea of what's going on. But let's sort of talk about, um, you know, what you all do, and, and of course, one of the things that we sort of highlight or try to concentrate on here is giving those kids a a vision of success. So let me ask you this: What do you think the most important factor is? And a kid becoming successful on the field. I think that well, first of all, in order to be successful on the field, you have to be mm-hmm. successful in the classroom. Your success in the classroom has to be actually, to my opinion, just as high as your success on the football field. Because mm-hmm. one thing never going to change. It's film and grades. It's just not going to change. No matter how I look at it, film and grades is what it's going to be. So I think in order to be successful on the field, you have to be successful off the field in the classroom. And also, because I'm a trainer, I think your hard work in the off season is also important. So I think it's a combination of training off off the field, classroom, and, and in the field, combination of that alone, it could it, it gives you what we call hard hard work, and I think right. that's just a, a a way of success on the field. That's how I look at it. Right, right. Which of course, there's a lot of kids, and you know I've been down there and, and recruited a lot of kids down there that are really good players, but you couldn't go any further with them because they didn't have the grades, and that's so unfortunate. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times you see a lot of great athletes that don't get an opportunity because as we were talking earlier, decisions they made early in their career where they didn't feel like they needed to study. Mm-hmm. And now it's back right. to get them. And, and, that's, so that's, and that's true. You know, we already say, you know, once you transition from the eighth grade to the ninth grade, that's when it really begins. Right. That's so true. I tell the kids, it, it, I tell the kids, it's harder to bring an F up than mm-hmm. to go from an A to an F. Yep. It's harder. Yep. So when, when you start off in ninth grade, when you walk in that classroom, you got straight A's. You're a 4.0 student. Mm-hmm. When you fail that first test, you're a 52.0 F student right then. Because your first grade, right. It's your grade. You only got one, so that's mm-hmm. your grade for the class. Yep, that's true. So now you got to work that much harder from the start. If you can make that first grade, I tell my kid, I say, your first grade is a summer reading book normally. You got to ace that because you get an A on that, and you struggle on a test, that puts you at a B or C. But if you fail the first grade, you're in trouble now. So you already already starting at the bottom trying to get up. So – and then, and, and that's 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 the biggest thing. And on the flip side, of it, I think it got to be a better way with the coaches 
with them ninth graders to try mm-hmm. to make sure they understand that and they're on top of their game. Cause a lot of people don't recognize that. A lot of kids don't understand that. See, in middle school, you can fill a test and make it up. In yeah. high school, you fill a test. They ain't no making it up. So now exactly. so kids on thing, they think, oh, I don't do good. I just make it up. No, 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 no. It's high school. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's yep. and that's why I, that's why I recognize. Yep. You know, one of the things um, that I've seen at the collegiate level, which doesn't make sense to me, is how sometimes a kid would do the work and not turn it in, and and then get a zero. So the thing I, I try to help kids understand is that if you make a zero, it takes three hundreds to get that zero to a C. Mm-hmm. Because now you got four divided by three, so now you ride at a seventy-eight. But it takes three hundreds to get it to a C. Versus if you just turn something in, it's going to be better than a zero, um, which which goes back Correct. to what you were saying. I mean, if you start off in the F category, you got to work your way back up versus starting off really well. But but that is that is a great point. Right. Great point. You now, know, let me piggyback on – oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you know, the thing about, the thing about this right quick, too. In my household, every Friday, or let me let me let me know. What, I'm gonna go Sunday. Every Sunday, yeah. you know, if my kid at my home, you know, whether they whether you know my kids are, they, you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm divorced, so like the kids over here and the kids over here. But I'm every Sunday. I first I, I say, let me look at your book bag, or even through mm-hmm. the week sometimes. And this high school now, let me see right. your book bag. I get the book back and I dump it all out in the middle of the floor. Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible. Papers folded up, balled up, not complete, complete, good grades, bad grades, trash, food, snacks, peanuts, just popcorn. Just a mess. No organization. Right. So I so we clean it out. I make them clean it up. We go back through all the papers. English, math, history, science, and math, all that. Put them back in the folder, restructure it. What is this? What is this? I match it up to what's in the computer, make them do it, finish it up, and submit, submit, submit. You go, Lord, right. how are you doing that for a 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grader? Because I don't want them in my house when he, and, and, and I want them to graduate high school. Exactly. Now, I can't do the work for him because I don't know how to do the work. I don't know how to do right. algebra. I don't know how to do algebra too. So I can't do the work for him, so I'm not doing the work for him. What I am going to do, though, I'm going to be right there to make sure that he organized, he organized, he got his stuff and thing, and he's doing his work. He's using his resources. He's calling a friend for help. He's submitting it. Let me look and see if you submit. I make him go through every last assignment in every class. And then I say, go, and now, now we're preparing. So the next week, we're going in completion. We do it again. Next Sunday, we're going to do it again. Eventually, he started doing better. But if he don't, we yeah. stay on top of it. Because if I stay on top of it just once a week, stay on top of it. And then mm-hmm. all said and done, at the end, you'll be surprised. And that's and that's why a lot of kids are struggling because the, the parents feel like, oh, they got it, they got it, they got it. No. Mm-hmm. You can't trust kids going to lie. You got homework? Nope. Yep. How's your day yep. in school? Great. 
Oh, uh, did you get it? The grade's good? Yep. I'm like, wait a minute. So kids lie. They're, I'm straight up, they're, they're, they're liars. They lie about everything. Come to homework, schools, they lie. So so how you hold them accountable? Sit them beside you. Go in that book bag and dump it all out. And that's what mm-hmm. I did. And I did it my son, Lowe Jr. You know, Lowe graduated from Notre Dame in three years. Nice. And I did it all my kids. I did it, I do them all the same. The ones that my I did all the same. So I think that's what we're doing. We're missing two as a ninth grader is not hold them accountable, and we got to hold the kids accountable. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think if you know hold them accountable, then they'll have a chance. And that's why we have just an opportunity that we're looking for. Now, just speaking of opportunities, you know, just one of the conversations that we had. Um, and it's near and dear to what we do here at the West Foundation. It's helping kids find success whenever their sport ends. And we're just talking about how some of the things that uh, that you all are doing down there. Once kids graduate from college and they finish playing ball, what do they do next? So, so what are some of the experiences that you've that you've uh, come across? Number one. They're they're going to school, taking a class, getting a degree, and a degree that don't have no merit, no strength behind it, or a degree that they don't even want to do when they get out of school. They're taking that degree just because you have to, and you maintain a GPA and play football. And and, I, and that's the number one, then the one thing I said was her not kids. Because when they go, they put them in sociology. Not saying something wrong with it, but, hey, go get PE. Go get sociology. Go get the class that really don't have a lot of strength when you get out. And I, and then once they come home, now they say, okay, what is the sociology job? Well, they ain't paying but $10, 12 an hour. They're right. not making a whole lot of money. So now, but... If they go into a field that they can come out and make money and be successful in money financially, then it's different. But they're not doing it because it's too hard or they're giving the easy class. Now, and I think they set up kids up for failure when they bring them in because they they not guide them and pushing them to take classes that can that, that they can come out with a good degree. I say that because my friend with my son Low at Notre Dame. Oh, it was no. Mm-hmm. It, it, you went in for business, Mendoza business class or Mendoza business, whatever, and you you had to take seventeen credits when you came there. It went on fifteen when you dropped down to twelve. Ain't no twelve dropped down to nine. You're like you taking seventeen, dropped to fifteen, and that's how it was. That's why you're able to graduate faster. He got in a business class. They, they he tried it for two years. He said, Dad, I just I I want to do a business. I couldn't do it. It was just too hard. He didn't go jump in PE. He didn't go jump in sociology. He went into TV and film production. And he liked it. He got a degree. Right. He graduated. Now guess what he do? Guess what he do for a living? TV and film production. And he's doing a well living in California. So I feel like that's the first step. Put our kids in something. Stop saying they can't be an engineer. Stop saying they can't mm-hmm. be an architect. Stop saying they can't be certain things. Stop saying all they're gonna do is PE because. Right now, I have nine, ten, 
12 guys home from college that graduated, but none of them are engineers. None of them are architects, lawyers, doctors, physicians, pharmacy, Mm -hmm. none of them. Right. All my they, they work in the school system, you know, which is you know, and that's and that's where all I'm at. I make more money than them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and I'm keeping it real. I don't have a college degree, but I'm a licensed real estate agent. I got a gift. I use it. I work in a, a, a resort industry, and I make more money, guy, with college degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so, so what are we doing here? So you know, right. it's almost to the point where hey. Let me get my real estate license. I love to talk, and they go sell real estate or commercial or whatever. My best friend, he been at Universal for twenty some years. He made more than them. My other mm. partner, he didn't finish college. He a realtor. Now he run. He got eight employees. Started out with real estate license. Yep. How did I go to college, play football for all the years, and I come home and I, and I, I don't have a degree with a. Uh, with, with some power and strength behind it. So now I got a result to something else. So what mm-hmm. I did was found, found them a way to make another stream of income. Right. I said, well, since you know the game, you play the game, you're in sports, you play the game, so you got a degree, come here and let's become a personal trainer, get your personal trainer license, you know, it, it's five hundred bucks. You know, the basic one. Mm-hmm. Go to class. Come on, un, come under my company. Let me train you how to train kids. Now you know how to train. You know how to work out because I train you. But let me show you how to train kids. Then, once you come through, and I think you can train the, the kid by yourself without me. Then you ready? Right. And I would have branch off. We're gonna start your own company. Now we're gonna we're gonna start you. We're gonna build a logo. We're gonna call and get you um, a LLC, hundred twenty three dollars. Mm-hmm. Start to come. Go take that to the bank. Get your bank account. And now you're a personal trainer, your own company, making a second stream of income. Right. So I work at the school system. I work at the school system. I'm working with kids. Taught the parent by training. After school, they come over here. I train your kids. Now I got two streams of income. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. So every time the boys come home, that part of my program, I allow them to train with me. Then once they feel comfortable, we try to help them get their own company. And they go out. Right now, all of them are doing pretty good. You know, they make okay. another stream of income. So that's one. That's one thing we do. The next thing we do is we set them up and give them an opportunity to get their real estate license. You know how much that costs? Yeah. Five hundred dollars. So you take your training money, go to the um, – uh, we got a, a, a Richard Roberts. It used to be Westgate mm-hmm. Resort, but Richard Roberts, he have a, a, a real estate class. You go to him. You can do it online or in person. It's with, 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 with um, fingerprint and your license and background check. You can, you can take the class with a 99% graduation rate out of the class. Now you take the class. You know how to study. You've been to school, and you do this fast. You don't wait till like me when you're 30 years old. Now you don't know how to. Now you got to learn how to read all over again. <laughs> you you want to? Yeah, you know what I mean. So you want to come right out of out of college with fresh on the brain. 
So now, now you go get your, you take the real estate test, you pass. Now I got a mm-hmm. third stream of income. So my degree gave me thirty, forty thousand dollar job. My second stream of income has been a personal center working with kids, giving back and making money. My second stream. Then I can sell houses on the side, on the weekends, or whatever the case might be. So I got three streams of income out of college. And the reason I got to do three, because I chose sociology. I chose, right. I chose PE. I chose a job to give me $10, 15 hour. I chose a degree that made me have to be a salesperson. Because every mm-hmm. day, I got guys that, got, that went to college and graduated from Florida Gators, UCF. They worked with me at Westgate. Right. They made more money with, my, with me than they made with their job. They're like, I said, so why did you go to school four years? To come over here, get a resort, and all you had to pay with, and they got a real estate license because you can get your real estate license doing college as a minor. Mm-hmm. So you went to school for four years, got a minor real estate license, and doing real estate when you could have just went to real estate school for five hundred dollars and do the exact same thing. Mm. You still, you still now, going to that? Now, how many of these kids don't take advantage of some of the networking opportunities that they have and just say, I'm going to go home and find something? All of them. None of them kids go home and say, I'm going to go home. None of them. And here's why I know that. And here's why I know that. Because my son, I said, Lo, did you call Notre Dame and do some networking? Did you call the professors? Did you call the the debate? Did you call the guy? I think his name was Tony, Tony Scott, Tony Brown, Tony Brooks. Mm-hmm. Head Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. People that help kids get jobs, the football player. I said, you reach out to any of these people. Did you call the guys your roommates? Did you t-? No, 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 no. I had to force him. To say, call the guy, connect with the guy. Did you call your professor? I asked him. He'll tell you that he's gonna lie right now. I said, you're right. And he called right. me. Said, oh, he knew somebody up there. And so when he drove to California, he then reached out. Then, then he reached out to a professor to help him get jobs on these shows. You know the show All American, right? Mm-hmm. He works on that show All American. Nice. Okay. So it's not, but that connection. Yeah. I'm gonna say it's not that it's not necessarily not available to them. They're just not taking advantage of the resources right. that they have. That's right. They're not. I know their resources out there. I'm not saying these cottage don't have it for them. They don't have a connection. But I'm like reach back out. They, they want only people they want to reach out. It seems like they want to reach out to the NFL guys or or they, mm-hmm. their homeboys. You know, do stuff like that. I was talking to right. my boy Drico. I'm just calling him out there. I mean, he's a great kid, loving to death. I was talking to Drico, and he's in and loving. He's working the school system. He's doing his own training. I'm talking about getting real estate life with him and his girl. We, we we moving. And I'm like, and he said, I'm going to reach out to my boy do a football camp. Great. That's cool. Let's do it. I like that. Mm-hmm. But let's also reach out to these boys. You know, what else they doing? They multi, they millionaires in the NFL. I know they got something going on. They doing something. Let's reach out that, that way, or reach out to the the, the, the guys that that just running companies. You know, right. you know, at Notre Dame, I use Notre Dame a lot because I learned a lot because of low. 
you know his roommate was from, I think one of his roommates one time was from Japan or China somewhere. Wow. But if I know the Dame do, you be in a room with a, a student and a football player. Mm-hmm. Then eventually, I'm, I'm, now, now these boys might be mad when I say this, but I'm going to say it online. Then the idiot decide they want to go be a roommate with their homeboys. And I'm saying to myself, hmm, I'm at Notre Dame. I'm in a room with a Chinese or a guy from Japan, or they smart as all outdoors. Mm-hmm. They brilliant in class. I may, maybe you need to hang with him a little bit. Maybe yeah. you need to work. There's yeah. a reason why they put you in a room with a student. <laughs> you know, so you can help yeah. you out. It's smart. It's brilliant. Now when yeah. this guy here go run that Fortune 500 company, hey, yeah, that was my roommate, Jimmy. <laughs> right, but 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 instead, no 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 no. I want to be in a room with with this guy and that guy so I can just party, hang, do the girls, and and run around. Yeah. No no, I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. I want to get off campus. I want to move off campus. I want to move off campus. Now, now, you got, now you're struggling in class, back in tutoring, your grades struggling. Now when it's time to transfer, you know, you got to take the GA test. You ain't doing well. Nobody help you study. Your grades are low. Now you're not, not, well, maybe you'll stay in a room with the Chinese guy. Right, right. That's true. Maybe, that's true. And, that's, and that's them the things that the kids, they don't think about. Right, and we don't. And they, they, I, I don't know. And so that's just my thoughts, right? That is right. They don't. I don't think they use their resource and a connection enough. Yeah. So hey, that's part of what we want to make sure. That's something that we're gonna, and we'll we'll get together with you to see uh, as we start to expand uh, to do some things to make sure that those kids use those resources. But but we're getting ready to go to a quick break. Um, so just hold on a few minutes, and we'll be back in a few. And low, definitely appreciate you coming on. We're definitely gonna get you back on on once. You're 
how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands of the West Foundation Sports Talk Show, and we are entering our last hour of the night. Have, uh, first of all, let me say happy Founders Day again to my chapter, bro. Zach, how's everything going? Going well. How about you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Hey, as always, it's a great day to be a Q, and it's a better day Absolutely. to be a Q. Absolutely. Always a great day to be a Q. Glad to be on with you. Hey, man. Well, we're definitely glad to have you. Glad to have you. But, hey, as we get rolling here, tell us a little bit about yourself. What you're doing now, where you've been, et cetera, et cetera. Well, um, you know, I've, I've a college Charleston graduate. I mean, you know that, but I know your audience doesn't. And so uh, mm-hmm. I spent some time in Charleston in the Greenville, South Carolina area now. Um, I run operations for a staffing company here, and a couple of years ago, I started my own consulting firm called The Bridge Builder. Uh, so I do HR consulting. I help companies uh, deal with their people problems, um, and uh, many times that's in the area of conflict resolution. Um, I also do motivational speaking. I wrote a book called How to Get to the Other Side, Principles to Pursue Your Potential, um, and that book really helps people uh, build a bridge to where they're going. Um, also, um, I've uh, been a pastor for the last nine years and um, recently planted a new church called the Change Church here in the upstate, and uh, God has been allowing us to, to change lives. And so I tell people I, I do a lot of different things, but I'm the same person in every place. In every place, I'm, I'm using uh, my gifts to help people get from one place to the next. And uh, so hence the name of the Bridge Builder, and I'm uh, very grateful to be here, and hopefully some of your listeners we can drop some nuggets and share some things that will help them get from one place to the next. That's what um, is important in life to me. Well, good. Well, one of the things that we always address, especially during this time, and, and I'm sure you've been no different. Well, I know you haven't because we've had conversation over the last couple of months. And I know you were led um, to start a new church right at or right before the pandemic started. So tell us a little bit about some of the challenges and, and how the pandemic has positively influenced you. Yeah, for us, I mean, it's, it's been a godsend. I mean, we, we never would have made this decision had we known uh, that the quarantines would be coming, that the shutdowns would be coming. Uh, we hadn't had in-person service uh, since our second week. Um, but I, I fully believe this was all a, a plot twist. Uh, by God to set us up to give people an opportunity to tune in. Um, what's happened is I believe people have become more spiritual during the pandemic, not simply because of the the uh, way we typically see this when people are going through and we say, well, they pray more, but also because people have an opportunity to attend church three or four times on one Sunday morning because they're sitting mm-hmm. there watching these live streams from all these different places. So that's given us mm-hmm. an opportunity to come into homes, connect with more people, uh, we happen to be in the Greenville, South Carolina area, uh, but we've been able to connect with members uh, in the New York area, New Jersey area. People have joined our church from Georgia. Um, and so we're grateful to be able to have that kind of reach. And I don't know that we would have had that type of impact, that type of immediate reach, had we not been in a season where people had to watch us from afar. But what I'm most proud of is not just the positive impact from being able to reach people, but the positive impact to be able to help people. So at the Change Church, our focus is really on going back to what church was intended to be, and that is a a beacon of hope, a beacon of light, Uh, but not just prayer, but also productivity. And what I mean by that is a lot of times people go through things, 
We say I pray for you, but unfortunately, prayer doesn't buy a loaf of bread. Uh, prayer mm-hmm. doesn't pay light bills, or uh, prayer doesn't help you with COVID nineteen doctor bills, or when you got laid off. And so, in our existence since March, uh, we've been able to help people to the tune of nearly fifty thousand uh, dollars that we've mm-hmm. been able to give back out of our community uh, for Title One schools for COVID victims, for single mothers, for people who are about to lose their homes, and so. The Change Church is not just a church about a message of change, but a method of change where we have a method in which we're able to give to those around us, and we're we're grateful for that. Yeah, that is great. That is great. So not just a message of change, but a method of change. I like that. Now, one of the things that um, I know has happened is a lot of people have been affected from a mindset standpoint through this pandemic. Have you seen that, and and how can we best address that? Yeah, you know, social distancing really isn't natural. Um, And it's funny, you know, I didn't know what a conversation uh, would go here, but, you know, we've been talking about church, uh, and uh, I know that we have people who listen from all different types of denominations, and maybe some do don't even have faith, and so, I definitely don't want to ostracize them in this conversation, but I will use another faith reference here to say, um, if you believe in the creation as I do, um, the Bible says that God will say to Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. Uh, That's not simply a romanticism of of giving him a a soulmate, but to giving him some companionship where he could interact. And so what's happened in this pandemic is that we watch people be isolated in ways that we never uh, would have expected. And so, uh, this idea of working from home or this idea of not being able to uh, have an outlet uh, to really be able to uh, get away from uh, the day-to-day uh, challenges of work or the day-to-day rat race and really go out and enjoy yourself has really put people in a mindset. Some have had increased depression. Uh, one of the things we offer at the Change Church, too, is counseling services. Just for things like this, uh, we use a place called the Upstate Counseling Center simply because you have people who don't know how to deal with the mind games and the battle of the mind. Um, I think, again, though, it's an opportunity. So putting on my motivational hat, what I try to tell people is don't just look at the obstacle, look at the opportunity in this. There have been people who have had time that they never thought they would be able to gravitate to. So many people... Uh, who are listening to me right now and who've been through this pandemic and who I've been talking to have discovered that they now have time to create that work-life balance or to write that book or to start that business or to take that class or to begin to really reflect on life. And uh, I have tools that I try to help people with when they have this kind of time to say, this is the time for you to move forward. Uh, uh, The president of a company that I work for has a saying that I'll never forget and it is never waste a crisis. And so when a crisis comes, there's no time to waste it. There's an opportunity in every crisis. We have to see it as an opportunity instead of as an obstacle. Nice. Nice. And as you as you were talking about um, your motivational stuff, and one of the things that uh, I try to catch, I don't catch them all, but I do try to catch them, is you have a motivational Monday and a push-through Thursday, uh, which is on yes, Facebook Live. Now, how did the Motivational Monday push-through Thursday come about? What brought that? Well, you know, 
you know, I, I appreciate you asking that question, especially about the motivation of Monday. Um, and then I'll tell you about the push through Thursday. Both were, both were kind of crazy. Um, with motivation Monday, I, I was actually going through a personal experience that was kind of tough for me. Um, and in that personal experience, I, I found myself feeling like uh, I didn't have uh, enough value. Um, sometimes you find yourself asking yourself, why do you wake up every day? And so during that time, what I've always tried to use since college is let my words be power and figure out how I can use my words to empower myself. And so what I started doing way back before this even started was just posting a daily message on Facebook. And at that time, I was using the notes in my phone, and I would write a note, a motivational note, take a picture of it, put it on Facebook, and say, hey, one person likes this, they help one person. And so then as Facebook Live started to pick up and I would see these live videos, I said, you know, people hate Monday mornings. I, I mean, I bet you if you had a dollar for people that said, oh, God, it's Monday, or I hate Monday, I got to go to work Monday, we would all be filthy rich. And so I said to myself, why don't I take a day that people find themselves dragging into work, dragging into jobs that they may not be happy with, head down because they have to start a new week and give them something to look forward to. And so that's what started Motivational Monday. I wanted to take something that people used typically to look down upon to give them something to look forward to. The Push Through Thursday, um, I have a cousin who's a comedian, and uh, she and I are very close. I don't have any siblings. I'm an only child. And she called me one Thursday morning and said, I, I don't want to wait to Monday for motivation. Why don't you do something today? It was Thursday. I was actually in the car driving. And I said, girl, I'm, I'm driving. She said, no, seriously, I think people need to be motivated. You need to push us on Thursday. So I was on my way to Atlanta. I was driving with a friend, and I had my friend hold the phone while I did the first push through Thursday. And people <laughs> kind of started gravitating to it. And so I just started right. doing it every week. And so the whole idea was you're almost at the end of the week. How can I push you to finish? How can I push mm. you to get to the other side? And that's what we did. Nice, nice. So, so what did you talk about yesterday? Uh, on Motivational Monday, we talked about going up. I often try to use experiences. Um, I, I believe there's a lesson in the message and everything. Like everything that is around us, if you watch it closely, is trying to teach us something. And I was in a hotel over the weekend, and there were several times where I was trying to go up, uh, but the elevator was going down. And so I had to wait on my elevator to go up. And so I talked about the fact that many times we're going in one place, but we jump in too soon with things that are going in a different direction. Um, right. And so I talked about going up, and I talked about how that uh, you had to make a decision which way you were going in, that you couldn't get caught up in the distractions because once I got on the elevator, the door would open, but often it wouldn't be my floor. And sometimes people mm -hmm. get off when it's not their floor. And you can't just get off because other people are getting off. You can't just move because other people are moving. You've got to pause until it's your time. And, and then last and certainly not least, you've got to deal with distractions. You've got to make sure you make the decision. And then you have to make sure that when the time comes, you are disciplined and you are focused and you walk into your destiny. And I talked about the fact that doors are opening and that your time was going to come. And uh, 
I'm just grateful that even in this pandemic, doors are still opening. It, 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 you may feel like you're delayed. You may feel like I don't know when my time's going to come. You may feel like I've been waiting for a long time, but the fact that I know which way I'm going, I'm going up. Sooner or later, there's only so many floors on an elevator. So I can't stay right. in it long enough. Every every pandemic, every problem, every pain, every pressure, every pitfall has an expiration date. And so if there's somebody listening tonight that says, I want to go up, but I don't know when my floor is going to come, sooner or later your floor is going to come, but you just got to wait your time. So that's what we talked about on yesterday. Nice, nice, powerful, powerful. Now let me ask this question, because I'm just thinking of this as, as you're talking about Mondays. Why do so many people hate Mondays? Why are so many people in jobs that they don't like? Why is it like I don't want to go to work? You know, I think it's because of a herd mentality that, uh, if, if you'll indulge me for a moment, um, th- there was a professor, I don't know if the story is true or not, it's a YouTube story, but it's a motivational story. There's a professor that gave a test to his class. And when he gave his test to this class, it was a pop quiz. Um, now, we've both been in school, and you know we don't like pop quizzes, right? You like to try to mm-hmm. prepare and, exactly. and, they, and he handed out a sheet of paper to everybody. And when they got the sheet of paper, it had a black dot on it, and the rest of it was white, one black dot. And he said, this is a pop quiz, write about what you see. And he gave him about five minutes. So everybody wrote. He took the papers up. And he said, I'm not going to grade this, but after reading this, every one of you wrote about the black dot, and none of you wrote about the white space. And he talked about the fact that we gravitate to the negatives, of life, and that we mm. focus on a speck or a problem or an issue versus all of the wonderful things. So I believe half of the people who hate their job don't really hate their job. They're just accustomed to talking about hating their job. And I, I think it's one of those situations that uh, it's a herd mentality. I think the other thing is many people, when they really do hate their, their jobs, they don't believe they have the power to change it. We stay because we settle. We stay because we're complacent. We stay because we're comfortable. We stay because uh, we, we don't know what's out there, how to get to the other side, uh, shameless plug for my book. And so what ends up happening is we don't find our way out of a situation, so we stay in it. Which is uh, heard many times, a known hell is sometimes better than an unknown heaven. Which is <laughs> that crazy. And we convinced yeah. that it's crazy. You know, it might be better over there, but I'm staying here and just take this, knowing I can go over there and possibly be in a better situation. But I you know, as um and, and Zach, I I don't know if if so you are ever know this, but since this whole pandemic started, you know, I've been going in uh to the uh, to to the job every day. Uh, since March with only a few days off. But, you know, uh, with all that going on and with all the stresses of uh, of, um, of the job and all that kind of stuff, about two weeks ago, kind of similar to what you were saying just, just a few minutes ago, I made a conscious effort to make sure that I said on Monday morning, today's going to be a great day. Uh, and on Tuesday morning, I said, you know what, today's going to be greater than yesterday. And it's like one of those things just started catching on. And I started saying, I actually said that a few times to my staff, and it was like, okay, I don't know what happened yesterday, but you know what? Today's going to be a good day. 
And uh, a positive attitude, is, as you kind of alluded to, a positive attitude is one of those things that that can't be contagious. Mm-hmm. It's right. presented the right way. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. That's good. That's true. That's true. Because you know, there was there was days, as you know, I'm in a transition from coaching. But there's many days my wife's like, if I win the lottery tomorrow, what you gonna do? It's like I'm going to work. I say what? I'm gonna have all this money. You don't have to, but I love what I do. So it's, uh, it's it's one of those things that again, if you sit around and say I hate it every day, eventually you're gonna start hating it. That's right. That's right. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Now, one of the things you know, just talk about motivation, talk about pushing through. Um, I think that it leads to leadership. And I think that's so important, not just in sports, but in life. Now, what can a young person, a student athlete do to help develop the skills necessary to lead effectively? Mm, that's a powerful question. Um, I, I think I, I think where where this comes into play is uh, number one, realizing that everybody's a leader. Um, I hate phrases like that, to be honest with you. Um, but I do believe everybody's a leader because everybody's required to at least lead themselves to something. It doesn't mean everybody's a leader of other people, but everybody's mm-hmm. a leader. There's some people that just are innately gifted to lead other people. There's some people uh, that need to develop those skills a little more, but everyone has to lead themselves to something. So realizing that we've all been given a innate ability to lead in some way, shape, or form, especially ourselves. And I think uh, what I would tell any young person that wants to be a leader uh, is find a leader uh, that you like, find a leader that you admire, find a leader that you think is doing something that you want to do. You know, there's a a great benefit in understanding what it is to follow a recipe. I have an 11-year-old daughter, and she made some lasagna the other day. And in making that lasagna, uh, I watched her YouTube and the recipe, and everything they did on that screen she did in our kitchen. Um, and, and it turned out pretty much like it looked on the screen and, and at least tasted good to me. But it was because she was following something. She didn't just get in there and take basic ingredients and try to create something just off her instincts. And a lot of times we try to lead off our instincts or we try to lead off our, our gut reactions. And I believe there's enough material out there, there are enough people out of there that can mentor us. And if we watch them, the leadership dish will come out kind of like what we're looking for. Nice. Nice. Which, which I think that, again, um, in the sports world, you need somebody to step up and be a leader. And it don't necessarily have to be the best player. It helps if it's the best player, but it doesn't have to be the best player. Um, but I think leadership is just so important. And there's times that leader leads you astray. So so you also, as I look at the leader of whatever your organization is, make sure he's leading in the right way. And I think character and integrity is such an important part of leadership. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. The um, that's one of them things that 
hey, sooner or later it's going to catch up with you. You know, our thought of the day was just talking about it just didn't happen. Um, just talking about how where you are now as a result of the decisions that you made last week, last month, last year. And how sometimes you get away with something and then you try to do something a little bit bigger and just try to do something a little bit bigger and the next thing you know you got consequences that, that come of that. But that's character and integrity. I mean, that's how you build your characters based on the decisions that you make today. And if you go astray, you can get back on track, but there's times that you don't. And I think that's where a lot of people can get in trouble, especially our leaders. Sure. And it's, uh, you know, we're all going to have some level of blemish on our record. The question is, what do you do about it? And to your point, what is your intent? You know, it's, it's one thing to trip and fall. It's another thing to jump in the hole. And we have to right. know the difference between that. And we have to know what our intent is. And we have to make, make, make moves in that direction. That's a good one. And one thing to trip and fall on another. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes, to, to be honest, we appease ourselves and we call everything a mistake. A mistake mm. is one of the most misused words in the English language. Everything's not a mistake. Some things are a pondered decision. Some things are a calculated risk. Some things are a selfish act. Mistakes genuinely are things that you didn't know any better than to do. Uh, most of the things we talk about, the lack of integrity and leadership, don't have anything to do with the realm of mistakes. Right. Right. It's, it's usually something that was thought about and premeditated. But I think that, that goes back to what we were saying before. And it was premeditated because they got away with something like that before. Not as big. So it's... Uh, and I there's a lot of responsibility that comes with being a leader as well. Because Absolutely. You know, it's not just about you, it's about the people that's following you as well. So it's uh, Yeah, and I, Oh go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh you go, you good. You know, I think that's a, that's a powerful thing when you talk about responsibility. I think a lot of people see leadership as an opportunity to be in charge or mm-hmm. an opportunity uh, to be out front or an opportunity to be highlighted or an opportunity to be on top. But very few people think of the responsibility and the cost of being a leader. And true leadership costs you something. True leadership mm-hmm. um, is, is a sacrificial um, uh, walk uh, on the behalf of your followers. True leaders right. stay up wondering what it's really going to take to get everybody to where we need to go. And mm-hmm. very few people know the true cost and the true sacrifice of leadership. That's true. That is true. That's one of those I, I want to be up front leading, but I don't want to pay the price that it takes to be a leader. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Well, hey, as we get ready to wrap this up, um, answer this for me. What advice would you give to a young person that's pursuing success? 
Well, n- number one, I, I, if if I could give a couple of pieces of advice, mm-hmm. uh, celebrate yourself that you're even pursuing it. So many people don't even start to start the journey. So when you ask that question, what excited me was that they're actually pursuing success. So many right. people talk about success and ponder success and consider success, but they never take the first step to pursue success. So the fact that they even started, the fact that they, 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 they started the process, the fact that they are on the journey is to be celebrated. The next thing I would say is expect the fall. I I, I know that, that, that you, you want to get there perfectly. I know that you don't uh, ever feel like you're going to have a twist or a turn. But if you don't start to expect to fall, then it's going to knock the breath out of you when you skin your knee. It's going to humiliate you when you find yourself flat on your back. But if you expect to fall on the journey at some some place, some space, some way, then you dust yourself off and get back up again. The other thing is expect for people to turn back on you. Bishop T.D. Jakes, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of my favorite pastors in the world, has a saying, those who left you could not have stayed and those who stayed could not have left. There are people that are going to leave you on this journey to success. There are people that will never leave you because they couldn't have left you because they're a part of where you're going. And so understand that some people are there for a reason and some people are there for a season and some people are there for a lifetime. And if you don't understand that, you will try to drag people into a place that it wasn't meant for them to be. I was on a plane this weekend, and, and we all had boarding passes, which meant when you got to the gate, if you didn't have a pass, you couldn't get on that plane. There's some of us handing right. out boarding passes to people that aren't worthy to be on the flight. So I would say mm-hmm. be excited about the pursuit, expect the fall, and understand that everybody can't go with you. And as you pursue that success, don't just look at the destination, but take joy in the journey. That's what I would say. Mm, great words. Great words. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Well, hey, Zach, thank you for joining us today. And uh, we, we definitely love what you what shared with us. And hopefully we can get you back on sometime soon. Absolutely. I'm grateful to be a part, man. Happy Founders Day again. And thank you guys for giving me an opportunity to talk to your audience. Hey, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to wrap things for the rest of the night. Here it is, a groove slightly trans. Just a bit of a break from the norm Just a little something to break the monotony Of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes the move romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it And think of the summers of the past Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast Pop in my CD and let me run a rhyme And put your car on cruise and lay back Cause it's summertime Out in this sort of a buzz But back then I didn't really know what it was 
But now I see what happened is The way that people respond to summer madness The weather is hot and girls are dressing less And checking out the fellas to tell them who's best Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos Or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park A place called the Plateau is where everybody goes Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes She turn around to see what you beeping at it's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac And with a pen and pad I compose this rhyme To hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime Yet, hustle to the mall to get me a short set. Yeah, I got on sneaks, but I need a new pair. Cause basketball courts in the summer got girls there. The temperature's about 88. Hop in the water plug, just for old time's sake. Break to your crib, change your clothes once more. Cause you're invited to a barbecue to start with four. Sitting with your friends, as y'all reminisce about the days growing up and the first person you kissed. And as I think back, makes me wonder how the smell from a grill could spark up nostalgia. All the kids playing out front, little boys messing around with the girls playing double dutch. While the DJ spinning a tune as the old folks dance at your family reunion. Then six o'clock rolls around. You just finish wiping your car down. It's time to cruise, so you go through the summertime, hang out, it looks like a car show. Everybody come looking real fine, fresh from the barbershop, applying the beauty salon. Every moment fronting and maxing, chilling in the car, they spent all day waxing, leaning to the side, but you can't speed through two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. There's an air of love and of happiness, and this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness. Hey, how are you doing? This is West, West Foundation's first talk show. Uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up of the evening, it is Founders Day for Omega Sci-Fi. Got to give a shout-out to the bros. Got to give a shout-out to the bros. And also got to give a shout-out to our sponsor, uh, clearair.com. That is C-L-E-E-R, air.com. Um, they have... MERV 13 air filters, which will actually capture the coronavirus and bactericized particles. So if you don't have them in a home, you need to check out clearair.com. That is C-L-E-E-R air.com. Anthony, we had a great night tonight, man. I'm glad you could join me. Uh, but I think we had some great guests on. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I appreciate the invite. And I appreciate you uh, you uh, having me on. Um, we had some great invites, uh, great folks on. You know, coaches. Um, you had uh, a guy uh, that was speed and agility guy. You had a motivational speaker with Zach. You know, that's a that's a well-rounded show. Yep, yep. You know, we 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 started the day off with uh, Rashawn Frost, who's an Auburn grad. Um, he, he's gone from coaching to FCA to now being a pastor. And you know, one of the things that, that stood out for what he said is just talking about advice. 
to our young people, first and foremost, take care of your academics. That's something that they got to do. And then the other thing was control your attitude and control your effort. And that's two things that each individual controls. Nobody else has any control over that. You control your attitude. You control your effort. And if you do those things, you're going to put yourself in position to be successful. The uh, then we had Perry Parks come on, and uh, he's having much success over there at Ridgeview High School, and and he's definitely uh, I think a up and rising coach. Um, I think if he gets an opportunity, he'll level gets on the collegiate level as well. But you know, one of the things that he said that stood out to me was, "You control your mindset every day." So we, we you know, both of them just talking about control. You know, you had uh, Rashawn talk about control your effort, control your attitude, and uh, Perry's talk about you control your mindset. And you mentioned something like that, Anthony, where you were saying, "Hey, you just decided." To, to say, hey, today's going to be a good day. That's controlling that mindset. That's powerful right there. And uh, I think a, a lot of quote-unquote grumpy people would be less grumpy if they did a better job of controlling their mindset. What do you think about that? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Now, I, I can't say I have not had my grumpy days, but you know what? Um, <laughs> it, it does take, a, it does take a, a, a personal realization to be like, you know what? I have so many things to be thankful for that, uh, exactly. you know, once you sit there, if you really sit down and just think about everything that you're thankful for, you realize, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, things can always be worse, but you know yep. what? I, I'm here. Um, I'm able to, you know, uh, to enjoy my family, enjoy my kids, you know, go to work every day and do something that I enjoy. So, hey, I mean, let's just focus on the good stuff. Yep, that's true. That's true. You know, that goes, that just makes me think of one of my favorite verses, which is don't worry about anything, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace that goes beyond all human understanding. But the key is tell him what you need and thank him for all that he has done. And I think that's that's so powerful there because if you thank him, you start thanking about what you have and every all the good things that happen in your life, you're not going to be as concerned about the things that you don't have. Yeah. And when those bad things happen, you, you still, you know, focus on just the good things. Right. So yep. it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of like just a blimp. It's like, okay, that happened. You're right. You did. It wasn't great. But you know what? What about all this other stuff? Mm-hmm. That's very I like true. The, uh, the, the one one thing that I, I've said on many, many occasions when people ask me, so how are you doing? I was like, well, you know, my wife still wants me to come home and my kids are still happy to see me. Hey, how bad can it really be? <laughs> so, That's true. Now, I see your wife getting paid and she didn't want you to come home, so who knows about that? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You get too much into the details. <laughs> Let's keep it <laughs> training those kids down there in the Orlando area. They've had lots of guys that have gone on to play college football, had several of them that have gone on to play professional football. And we just talked about success. 
uh, and you know what it what does it take for success? One of the first things he talked about was you got to have success in the classroom and have success on the field. That's so true because it comes down to film and grades. You know, as a college recruiter, one of the things first things that I'm going to look at is a transcript. And mm-hmm. out of about a minute and a half to two minutes, I can tell whether I'm going to recruit this kid or not. And yeah. oftentimes, the grades tell me no. Don't care how good of a player he is. I look at these grades, he don't have a chance, which is a shame. Um, because, again, if he just put a little bit more effort in the classroom, who knows what that what might be able to go there. So. Yeah, that's that's right, and um, you know I, I sit here and just think about my my college uh, my college career and college football. You know I wasn't a big name in college football or any of that kind of stuff, um, but the one thing that I think that uh, that continued to set me apart was I did I tried to make sure that I focused on the classroom. Now, granted, my freshman year wasn't the best, but you know uh, it, it's not always how you start; it's how you finish. Finish. Um, exactly. So I, I was able to finish, you know, finish strong, you know, my uh, my sophomore junior senior year, and you know now as I've uh, been able to kind of build on that, you know, I've, I've gone back to school and got a master's degree. You know, I've been working in healthcare for you know almost uh, fifteen plus years. You know, so it, mm-hmm. all, all those things you got to realize that, uh, as, as you said, you know, for being a professional athlete, you know, there is a um, there's a small window that's there for that. For that. So you got to have something mm-hmm. that uh, that you can lean on, and you can lean on uh, academics because uh, academics can can get you to where you want to be. Now, exactly. if you make you know thirty million dollars in five years, maybe not, but you'll have something that you can say, I, I can I can go to work every day. I can I can be an entrepreneur. I can I can do whatever I want to based on the intellect that um, that I've been able to establish. Right. And the key is you have a chance to make $30 million over five years. Not saying that you will, yeah. but you have a chance. Um, have a chance. And, hey, all I need is opportunity. You give me an opportunity, and we'll see what, what we can do with it. But I need an opportunity. Yeah. Yep. So, and you got to always take yeah. advantage of those opportunities. Yep. And it got, you got to get rid of the I think my freshman year, there was there were two things that were um, that were told to me as a fresh as a knob going into the Citadel. Um, mm-hmm. One was you can't do it by yourself, uh, which right. kind of alludes to what uh, what Zach mentioned. You know, you, if you want to be a leader, you gotta you know know whether you're gonna be a leader of yourself or you're gonna be a leader of a team and have that capability mm-hmm. to be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I, I was told um, as a freshman is adapt and overcome. There's yes. there going to be things that are, are going to be thrown at you over these next uh, the next year or so as a freshman that you got to learn how to get through and get over. Because if you don't get get through and get over, you're going to dwell on it and it's going to eat you alive, and that's not what you want. That's very true. Very true. Good words. Good words. You know, sometimes I worry about your sister-in-law. Oh, but, uh, Hi, Anthony. <laughs> um, you know, and then Zach, you know, Zach brought us home, and he had a lot of good words in there. And 
I think one of the big things was never waste a crisis. There's an opportunity in every crisis. And that's one of the things, you know, over the weeks that I found is that a lot of people have found some opportunities to get better in the midst of this pandemic from a mm-hmm. academic standpoint to a professional standpoint to a coaching standpoint, just finding different ways to do things. And, and I think that's powerful. And that if we sort of you put in a situation where it's not like you got to stop living, you got to find a way to make it work, which goes to what you yeah, just said. I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm writing it down and I'm just putting that in my office. You know, I'll take advantage of a crisis. Right. Uh, th- th- those are things that, uh, that that I think, you know, you, you learn how to be mentally tough when you have a crisis. Mm-hmm. Yep, no um, doubt about it. And everybody's no crisis, my crisis might not be the same as your crisis. Your crisis exactly. might not be the same as somebody else's. But uh, mm-hmm. it's your definition of what a crisis is. That's that's true. And I think that's, that sometimes that that's hard to realize. With you know, it, you can't paint our crisis with the same same brush. Oh yeah, yeah. And and you know, one of the big things there is people get in trouble at times because they're comparing themselves to somebody else. And yep. you can't do that. You're a different individual. Um, your experiences are different. different and just as you're yep. saying, your crisis is going to be different. Now, yeah, there, there was a time period I did that. I, I, I compared right. myself oh, yeah. and my, my career path to, uh, mm-hmm. to other people and the friends that I graduated with. And it was like, you know, I did this, and I had better grades than here, and I had this, and so on and so forth. And then I had to realize, I'm like, okay, everybody's different. Everybody right. has different experiences. People people come in and out of your life for different reasons. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I, after I had kind of had that conversation with myself, it became, you know what, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you got the way you are. Right. I'm proud of the fact. Right. I'm proud of the person that you've become. Yep. There you go. There you go. And that's important. That is important. And just speaking of crisis, we are still in the midst of a pandemic. And so far this week, we have the Monroe, UL Monroe and La Tech game that's been postponed. The Ohio U and Miami of Ohio game has been postponed. The UAB UTEP game, the UNC Charlotte Marshall game, the Ole Miss Texas A&M game, and the Arizona State and Colorado game have already been postponed. So I imagine probably going to be some more to come um, because of COVID. But we're we're there's some games that's not getting played, and some of them might not get played because when is the season going to end if you keep pushing everything back? Um, but some yeah. of the big games are coming up. I think this is a, a great test for Coastal Carolina. They got App State coming to town. So that's going to be a huge one down in Conway, South Carolina, yeah. your home now. Um, yeah, that's going to be big. I'm interested to see what Clemson does. How do they react? They had a week off after they lost to Notre Dame. And now they got Florida State. And of course, Florida State isn't the Florida State of, of yesteryear, uh, but they still got some athletes running around there. So how will Clemson go on and bounce back from that one? And if you would have told me this game was going to be the game of the week in a Big Ten, if you would have told me this in July, I would have been like, yeah, right. 
But you got Indiana at 4 and 0 versus Ohio State at 3 and 0. So that's going to be a big game because Indiana is playing some good football right now. So we get to see if uh, how Ohio State is going to react to a good football team rolling in town. And then um, we got Wisconsin and Northwestern. Again, both of them are undefeated. Wisconsin had a couple games that's been canceled. They only played two. Northwestern is 4-0. and um, Wisconsin is ranked number 10 right now. Northwestern is ranked number 19. Um, and then a game that I think is a, a must win for Tennessee is they got uh, they play Auburn this week. So that's going to be big. We, we talked a little bit about Auburn earlier. But another big game is Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. So that's another one where you can just throw out the records, which both of them are pretty good. Actually, uh, Oklahoma's got two losses. Oklahoma State only got one. And, and, and then them boys are going to be looking at this one. We got Michigan and Rutgers. It's an opportunity um, for Rutgers to go on and solidify themselves as on their way back. Um, and also opportunity yep. for Michigan to say, hey, we're stopping the bleeding and we get ready to get this thing back on track. So that's going to be Yeah, I definitely got to give a shout out to Rutgers. I got one of my classmates from Conway High School. Uh, her um, Their son actually uh, is on the offensive line. At Rutgers, so definitely be looking out for him. Yep, yep. Good, good. And he's a young man that I'm going to try to get on the show at one point. Okay, um, good deal. And then at the at the NFL level, you got two games, which are take-twos. And when I say take-two, it's a rematch. You got the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Um, two very dynamic quarterbacks. Uh, Kyler Murray is, is definitely uh, putting himself um, in contention to be one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league right now. And he's going against Russell Wilson. And then the other one is the Chiefs and the Raiders. Right now, the Raiders are the only team to knock off the Chiefs. So will the Chiefs come back and get this one? The Cardinals beat the Seahawks last time. Will the Seahawks get this one? Then I got my Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Which my Steelers are up the first time in franchise history. We'll see if they can continue that run. Then you got the Titans and the Ravens, which will be a good game, and then the Packers and the Colts. Uh, so it's uh, it's going to be another good good weekend for uh, NFL as well. But that's getting really close. Uh, once again, Anthony, I want to thank you for joining me tonight. I think we had a great guest guest list and a great lineup. And, Next week's going to be huge because we're going to highlight some Citadel coaching greats next week. So um, make sure you spread the word and, and let's get all those Citadel guys out for next week. So I'm going to have Jeff Bleemer, Dave Salazzo, Al Simonson, Al Grace, Jim Peel. They're all going to be joining us next week. So that's going to be a huge week. Um, oh, wow, that's, that's exciting right there. Those, those are all guys on our era. And I, I, yep. I know I haven't seen or talked to in in decades, to be honest. So it's, it's yeah. definitely uh, – I've seen Coach Bleemer in, um, uh, online, and I think he's still coaching high school uh, football at this point. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, uh, it, it sounds great. Well, good, good. Well, hey, 
Um, our thought of the day, again, just to reiterate, was it just didn't happen. And what we were talking about there was that our decisions create where we are right now. So where we are now, whether it's good or bad, didn't just happen. It was a result of decisions that we made throughout our life. And the good thing is you can make a decision to put yourself in a better situation. The bad thing is, and what I used to tell my players all the time, you're one bad decision from ruining your life. So we got to make sure that the decisions we make, we try to be the best that we can. And if we make a bad decision, let's not duplicate it or double down on it and make it even worse and compounding it by making another bad decision. Uh, but we got to make sure that we, we take advantage of, of the opportunities that are set in front of us. You know, um, <clears throat> control, control your attitude, control your effort, control your mindset. Some of the words that we got today. And, and I think that's extremely important. That's something that we personally can do. There's not anything external. That's what we control. Well, again, I want to appreciate everybody for joining us tonight. It was a great show, and we look forward to to talk to everybody next week. Have a great night. the challenge all you gotta do is leave it better than you found it Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.